mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a greasy black peel. What's up, what's up? Happy holidays, folks. My Take Radio episode 72 for Thursday, December 30th, 2010. The intro music you just heard, of course, was You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. Um, Given how these last few days have been going, it's very apropos. Um, Of course, recovering from the Christmas holiday. Currently in New York, there were roughly about two feet of snow. Uh, Commute was utter shit. Driving was shit. Most of the streets didn't get plowed till pretty much today. My my neighborhood didn't get a full-on cleaning till today. So the... Mayor of New York City, the MTA, the Department of Transportation, uh, Sanitation, those guys can really just fuck themselves because it was utter chaos. Um, Needless to say, things are starting to look a little cleaner, but definitely the streets look like shit. So that's the weather report from New York. I can tell you, though, that um, the the only positive was that Got to do a lot of work for My Take Radio during my time home Monday, of course, for the snow day um, today, which was a well-deserved day off and um, some stuff that's going to be happening tomorrow. Needless to say, there there will be some announcements in the coming weeks and that My Take Radio 3.0 um, that I have been plugging for the longest will be debuting sooner rather than later, so definitely keep an eye out for that. Um, in regards to guests for the month of January, there are going to be a lot of great surprises and a lot of great, great, lot of great guests. Keep an eye on the Facebook fan page, and you will be seeing some stuff announced there and also on our Twitter feed as well. For those of you that are in the forums, please note that as of tomorrow, if your account hasn't been active in, a, in at least 90 days, your account will be deleted tomorrow. So definitely got to let you guys know that before I do any other kind of housekeeping. If you have an account and you haven't been active, your shit's getting deleted. Simple as that, folks. All right. In regards to some housekeeping, of course, there's been some new posts these last few days. Definitely check out Slick's post about the top ten movies that deserve the full-on Blu-ray treatment. It's a great read. He's got some great movies in there. And, of course, if you agree or disagree, hit that comment button, share your comments with him, and also on the fan page as well. Um, I definitely know he would love to hear your feedback. Um, of course, this week, to round out for two, the, the show for 2010, we got a nice little MMA panel with uh, Josh from MMA Valor and also Gary and Amy from MMA Gospel Radio, which broadcasts Wednesdays at 8.30 on the Block Talk Radio Network. In addition to that, of course, the My Take Radio app is on iTunes and will be launching on Android probably within the next two weeks. Um, please note that if you are getting it from iTunes, definitely I recommend you pick it up. There's going to be more exclusive content for users of the app starting in January. The minority film reports will no longer be shared on the Blog Talk Radio feed and the My Take Radio app. They will only be exclusive to the app, as will certain other things that I will be adding to that in the near future. If you are getting the show off of iTunes, take a moment and definitely rate the show. Help us move up the rankings to get more exposure. I know that 
We're doing some really great numbers. We're averaging roughly between Blog Talk Radio and Libsyn. We're averaging at least 2,000 downloads a month. Definitely thanks for all the support, all the new listeners um, in the U.S. and abroad as well for all their great feedback and also for supporting the show. In addition to that, um, next week's show hopefully will be the first that there will be a couple of tweaks to the format, nothing too crazy, just because I want to get things a little more streamlined and you're also going to start seeing um, just more original content regarding um, you know, intro music, the bumpers, which I've been using between segments, things of that nature you're going to be seeing in the coming weeks. Um, tonight's topics, of course, we're going to have the MMA fight panel. We will be discussing all the great stuff that happened in the world of mixed martial arts for 2010, um, favorite fights, uh, favorite events, breakout stars, what 2011 is going to look like. We're also going to talk about some of the stuff that happened this week. Um, of course, you have UFC 125 this Saturday. So if you are going to be getting out of your drunken stupor, I definitely recommend you check it out. you got that lightweight title fight with Frankie Edgar and Gray Maynard. Um, definitely got to check that out. And some of the other fights as well on that card that are just, you can't pass them up. you got Lieben and Stan, Thiago Silva and Brandon Vera. you got Nate Diaz and Dong Young Kim, uh, Fireball Kid, Takanori Gomi, and, and Clay Guido, which is a fight I definitely want to see. Um, if you have Ion Television from your local cable provider, you'll be able to catch the fights with Marcus Davis and Jeremy Stevens, Josh Grisby and uh, Dustin. I'm, I'm going to fuck up this guy's name. Dustin Poirier, and of course Phil Baroni and Brad Tavares. Um, Got to root for Baroni, New York badass, one of New York's own, and he's just a, a lovable guy. If, if you follow him on Twitter, he puts up some some really great tweets. I mean, he puts up a lot of inspirational tweets too, which. For some people, you know, they're a load of shit. I find them pretty cool. In addition to that, you've got the Dream pay-per-view. Well, not pay-per-view, but you have the Dream event on HDNet, which is probably going to go on, I believe it's at 4 a.m. Uh, the big fight that I'm looking forward to on there is Alistair Overeem and, of course, Todd Duffy. That's one of the fights I'm looking forward to. Not to mention, you also have um, a couple of fights competed under K-1 rules. You just a whole bunch of crazy shit. You got Bob Sapp on the card. Um, you got uh, Minoa Man um, on the card as well. You got Jason High and, and Sakurai on there. Josh Thompson's on the card. Kyle Luno, um, Bibiano Fernandez um, defending his featherweight title. Marius Zaromski is fighting Sakuraba. It's going to be sick. You got IGF special rules in some of the matches. You got MMA and K1 mixed rules bouts, which is going to be for the uh, Shinya Aoki match which definitely, is that on that card? No, I think I fucked up. I got two sets of notes here. Who is competing under mixed rules? Oh, yeah, Shinya Aoki and uh, uh, Nakashim are under K1 and MMA mixed rules. In addition to that, you also got a K1 uh, bout with uh, Musashi and also with Tatsuya Yamato fighting uh, Wiki Nishihura. So those are definitely fights you're going to want to check out. And again, it's going to be at 4 a.m. Eastern on HDNet, so check that out. Great fights. If you haven't seen MMA from Japan, I recommend you check it out just because they have such a, uh, such a crazy presentation. And, of course, um, you got Schiavello doing the, the, the commentary, and he's, he's, he's really grown on me as a commentator. I've started watching, you know, K1 more and trying to watch more of the Japanese MMA, and, and his reactions are 
great to hear just because while there is a, a, an air of professionalism in his commentary, there's also a, a, a diehard fan there. He's not just reading play-by-play play blindly. He's actually putting emotion into it, which is fucking sick. Um, Mauro Ronaldo gets a lot of shit for that. Like, he gets a little crazy, and some people, they really don't like him too much. I like Mauro. I like his genuine excitement. And not only that, but I'd rather listen to Mauro Ronaldo than fucking shitty-ass Gus Johnson, who is just a, a total fucking asshole. So, say what you will. I have I have my, my commentary that I like, and I have fighters and shit that I like. Not everybody's going to agree. In addition to that, um, those are the two big events coming up. We're going to talk a little bit about UFC 125 when the other members of the panel call in. And also, I'll go through some of the MMA news just to get some of them out of the way. First off, there were some cuts in the UFC this week. Um, former WEC lightweight champion Jamie Varner was released, as was Chris Hordesky. He was also released. He lost to Donald Cerrone at WEC 53 via submission, and Jamie Varner also had gone winless in his last four fights. Both guys, great talents. I'm sure that they will go to another promotion, get a couple of wins back, and be back in the UFC in no time. I mean, Jamie Varner, he was 16-5. and five. He was 4-3-1 and one in the WEC. It, it, it's, a, it's a shitty way to go, especially for a guy who was a former lightweight champion to go winless in his last four fights. But some people, they just go on a downward slump, and before you know it, they got to get, get their walking papers. Also this week was the announcement of the retire, the official retiring of Chuck Liddell. Chuck Liddell is no longer an active UFC fighter. He is now the VP of business development, so definitely congrats to Chuck. Um, he's given us years of great fights, and you know what? I honestly think that if, if he didn't, if he didn't I, you know, one of the things when I put up Josh's article regarding Chuck Liddell's retiring that was interesting was what Slick put up in commentary. Slick said that, you know, maybe he was, um, you know, Dana White was looking out for his boy. And I I do have to agree with that statement strictly on the fact that you got to think about it. Those guys have a longstanding history together, and they have, you know, they've had their ups and downs, and shit, you got to look out for your own. And Chuck's been loyal to the UFC. He's a great ambassador for the sport. He, he's a guy that right up there with Randy Couture, Tito Ortiz, those guys, those guys were the bricklayers for the UFC. I remember watching Chuck and Tito, and that was more when I was a, a casual MMA fan, and, and that's, those are the fights that brought me in. Most of the fights that made me a fan involved Chuck Liddell to some capacity, Randy Couture, and Tito Ortiz. I think that's why I still cheer for them also. So it is what it is. Give me one second. I think that Gary needs the uh, phone number again, which I don't think I actually put on the air. It's 347-324-3541 to um, ask any questions to any of our panel members or to uh, discuss any of tonight's topics. As I was saying, you know, the Chuck Liddell retiring, while unfortunate, I, I felt Chuck, Chuck was ready to hang him up. And even Tito Ortiz, he has this fight with uh, Little Nog coming up. And a lot of people feel that it's a setup to, you know, either force Tito to retire or to get rid of him. And it's unfortunate. I honestly don't see him getting past Little Nog. You never know, though. With MMA, there's always some surprising shit. But I honestly think that Tito, this is going to be his swan song. And if he wins, great. 
more power to him. But if not, he's out of there. He he so is, and who, who knows? He may lose and retire because that's the way shit goes down. But uh, my notes are, I really hate sometimes using Windows OneNote because shit is just thrown all over the place, so I apologize if I have to pause so much and get my shit together. Um, uh, oh, here we go. Um, UFC 128 is starting to come together. That's going to take place March 19th in New Jersey. Some of the rumored fights on that card are uh, Shogun and Rashad Evans for the light heavyweight title. You've got Brendan Schaub, who I was thinking was, should have been fighting Frank Mir. He is now going to be fighting Mirko Krokop. Uh, Ricardo Almeida is fighting Mike Pyle. You've got Kurt Pellegrino fighting Gleason Tebow and uh, Edson Barbosa fighting Anthony. Uh, this guy's name, I always mess it up, Injoquani. I always, I, I always batter that guy's name, and I feel terrible about it. In addition to that, there's also going to be um, a rumored bout between Uriah Faber and Eddie Wineland. That's also going to be during UFC 128, and that's going to take place in Jersey. Hopefully they'll do a UFC expo so I can uh, wander into Jersey. In addition to that, they also said that Luis Kane is going to be fighting Carlos Vemela at UFC 128, and that's probably going to be on the um, untelevised preliminary cards. I will tell you this. Carlos Vemela and Luis Kane I'm actually looking forward to because Vemela, after his fight with um, Seth Petrozelli, just just shocked the shit out of me. He just came in there and he just... He just really beat the fuck out of Petrozelli, and Luis Kane is no joke. I mean, he's 3-3 three and three in the UFC right now, but th- this is a fight that can go either way. Either Vemela can continue moving up the ranks, or this may be Kane's last fight in the UFC. You know how it goes. You lose three fights and you're out, or you're not exciting and you're out. So this may be a, a make-or-break fight for Kane, and it may be a coming-out party for Vemela, so I will be watching that with much interest March 19th. In addition to that, of course, leading up to any UFC event, you can always expect some stuff, some, some beautiful commentary from Dana White. First thing is um, he's been asked about the tough coaches. He's gone on record as saying he doesn't know. And he's been asked about Brock Lesnar and the WWE rumors. He proceeded to squash that shit with the following statement. It's not going to happen. He can't leave the UFC. He's under contract. When... Asked about that when asked about Brock Lesnar, he said, "What do you think Brock Lesnar's going to be where? Like row three, seat sixteen, or row three, seat sixteen, and aisle two sounds good to me." So he's really throwing, throwing that gauntlet and letting the WWE know that Brock Lesnar will not be at WrestleMania. And honestly, I I I can't disagree. While the wrestling fan in me would would like to see Lesnar at WrestleMania, the MMA fan in me feels that you've made the transition from professional wrestler to mixed martial artist. As such, you've developed a brand-new fan base that a lot of people, you know, that are MMA fans don't like pro wrestling. You know, they shit on wrestling. I'm, me and a, and, and a few others that I know personally like both, but I know a lot of people that just shit on wrestling. And Brock Lesnar got a lot of shit when he first came in just because of his pro wrestling background. So for him to go and, in my opinion, take a step back and do this WrestleMania thing, don't get me wrong, he'll probably get like two, three million dollars for 30 minutes of work. But still, you, you don't just hop in, collect some WWE money, and roll out. That's not the way the shit works. Vince McMahon's going to be like, look, you can come, you can do WrestleMania, and you're going to do, you know, one or two 
Raw's or SmackDown appearances, and, and that's how he's going to get suckered back in. And you know what? Much like what happened with Rampage with, with the A-Team, Brock Lesnar is going to come back into the UFC and perform poorly, and one of the things that people are going to cite for his poor performance is going to be any stints that he does with the WWE. I mean, if he wants to go and attend and do shit like that, by all means, he's welcome to do so because, I mean, WWE did contribute to his popularity. But on the flip side, don't go in there trying to do no fucking matches with The Undertaker and shit. Stay your ass in the cage, um, especially now with Cain Velasquez injured. Um, you know, he's out for six to eight months. It puts that, that heavyweight division now in complete disarray. It, it, it's a belt that's been defended, I, I feel, the least it, since, since, you know, all these guys have been trading the, the belt back and forth. You know, Brock had the leaky stomach. The belt wasn't defended for a while. Then you had the interim belt that Carwin had. Just tons of fucking bullshit. You know, I feel bad for Junior Dos Santos not to be able to get the fight with Cain Velasquez for at least six to eight months. On the flip side, you know, maybe he'll take another fight before then, but it, what happens if he loses? Does the guy that beats him get, get the shot at Cain next? I mean... That's it's in total fucking chaos. I don't think that they're going to create an interim belt if he's out six months, but who knows? It may it may be longer than eight. So it's just a real interesting time for the heavyweight division. And I see that some of our panel members are here, so I'm going to start bringing them in. Let's see. I got I got Josh on the line. Josh, what's up, dude? Hey man, what's up? Nothing much. Let me uh, bring Gary in as well. Gary, what's going on? Hey, how are you? Uh, how you doing, Rich? Hey, Josh. Hey, Gary. All right. Um, I know that we're waiting for Amy. I know Amy should be along shortly. But while I got um, both of you guys on, what do you guys think of, of, of this situation with the heavyweight belt now that Velasquez can be out, you know, pretty much almost a full year? Where where do you see it going? Josh, go ahead. Um. Well, I mean, for right now, I, I think um, I, I don't think they'll do an interim belt. But I think if you listen to um, Junior Dos Santos and his manager uh, Ed Soares, I think they're already kind of laying the foundation for for one. I mean, they're they're claiming that they're gonna they want to fight um, before that, and I guess they're they're also claiming that um, Kane could be faking this injury. Oh shit. Um, so uh, I I really think that they're just kind of like laying the foundation for wanting a um, an interim belt because he's not gonna fight just to you know just to fight just because like you said he's not gonna risk losing to somebody and and not get his title shot so um, I would I would think that if Mir doesn't do um, um, the the next tough with uh with Brock that he might be up there for you know to, to fight Dos Santos for an interim belt um but right now it's 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 pretty crazy what's going on well you know and and I know Gary's going to share his opinion and I just want to add to that do you think that Brock should fight Dos Santos for an interim belt before Mir I mean not for nothing he 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 was the former champion. Um, I mean, I, I think that that makes the most sense. Um, but considering that 
considering the way that that Brock looked, I mean, personally, I would would if I was in Brock's corner, you know, telling him who he should fight. I think he should fight a, you know, kind of a, a guy a little bit lower on the chain just to get himself back on the winning track. Um, but I, I, it wouldn't surprise me to see them put um, Dos Santos and uh, and Lesnar together. But I, I, I think that we might see the same thing that happened with Kane with Dos Santos. Oh, shit. Oh, you think he'll get his bell rung, huh? I think, I mean, just the way that the way that Dos Santos fights, you know, I, I don't. I think he would pose a lot of problems for for Lesnar, and and I, I just don't know if if Lesnar's ready for a a striker again, you know, that good of a striker. What about you, Gary? How do you see it? Yeah, I, I absolutely agree, and I, I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, first off, the six to uh, eight months. Uh, you know, we we don't know how how long he's actually going to be out before he can train, so. You know, I don't know if that's actually, you know, how long until he can fight or really can can start seriously sparring. So, you know, he could conceivably, I know he's been been out for a year. Um, yeah. You know, so I have, uh, first off, I'll tell you what I think. Uh, we mentioned it on, on, on last night's uh, show, let me say that in quotes, uh, the, you know, there is a lot of talk about Brock, uh, so, and fact, actually, Sean McCorko, I think, kind of backed it up, but uh, Sean McCorko, uh, it doesn't like to be hit, you know, he yep, doesn't like, I right. who does, you know, and, uh, you know, during sparring, uh, his sparring partners are not allowed to go full force against him, not allowed to hit him, you know, the man doesn't like to be hit, and, uh, that seems to be more than just rumor, but seems to be fact, uh, these, I don't think it's a coincidence that the rumors of him trying to get back into wrestling came up, you know, just shortly before word came out that Kane was uh, injured. I think basically it was pretty much set that Brock was going to fight Junior Dos Santos for the interim title. And uh, you're saying Junior Dos Santos is a murderous puncher. Murderous puncher. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Brock said, fuck this. And uh, I think that was going on behind the scenes before, you know, the, the whole, and, and again, this is just my guess. I'm not saying this is fact, but it's my guess it was going on behind the scenes. And Brock's like, let me get the fuck out of here. Um, and uh, at this point, uh, you know, I think they're sort of uh, saying, trying to figure out what to do. But I really think it was sort of going to happen already. And if Brock maybe didn't, uh, uh, you know, we put up some resistance. You'd already hear uh, about an interim title fight with Brock and Junior Dos Santos. That's just my opinion. Hmm. You know what? Let me bring Amy in because she's on. She's on hold also. Hey, Amy. Happy holidays. Thank you. How are you guys? What's going on? Hey, Amy. Hey, Amy. How are you, baby? How are you, baby? <laughs> wow. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> I'm kidding. Like I asked, like I like I asked the fellas, how do you um, with Velasquez on the shelf six to eight months, and that you know heavyweight titles in the to- in the to- the heavyweight belt is in the toilet for for the moment. Where do you see it going, especially with Junior Dos Santos, and the possibility of him taking a fight before Kane gets back to back in shape? Um, yeah, you know, I think that I agree mostly with what you guys have already talked about and said. I think. On the one hand, if they're not being incredibly clear about his injury and about 
um, you know, a surgery or a procedure or a rehab that it's really hard to say. I mean, if he really is only out six months for whatever reason, then there's no need to worry about interim bail, I don't think. I mean, especially when you talk about the merger having happened and all of the other possible, you know, title fights. A heavyweight title fight is not, like, necessary in the next couple months. So, um, I don't know. I think that, uh, I think Brock would probably be the likely choice, um, you know, to fight Junior, but I think a lot of people would have a really big problem with that, um, given his current possible leaving to go back to wrestling. So, I don't know. I think, you know, the division's not real deep, and there aren't a whole lot of what I think anybody would consider contenders right now. So, I mean, I guess I guess a Brock Jr. fight wouldn't be the most horrible thing on the planet, but I guess if it were my decision, I would I would prefer to wait maybe a few months until it's a lot more clear what's going on with Kane before they start talking interim belts and letting Brock come back. And, and I think, I think that like what you guys said, I think Jr. would take Brock out in the same way Kane did, maybe not quite as viciously or as quickly, but I don't think Brock would beat him anyway. So that might be a faster, even faster exit back to wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the funny thing is, uh, according to Javier Mendez, he actually hurt his shoulder during that title fight with Brock, and then when he got his second MRI, he had a torn rotator cuff. So, I mean, I've I've had rotator cuff injuries, and I can tell you that you go from being able to pick up a 100-pound suitcase to not being able to pick up a glass of water. So, Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, for, so, for even even like... Gary and, and Josh had said earlier, you go in there and you say, okay, I'll be good in six months. That's six months, but then you got to rehab that. Yeah, you can be healed in six, but you got to rehab that to get punching strength back. you got to be able to hit the heavy bag without re-tearing your rotator cuff because you get all that scar tissue built in there. Right. Well, if he has the actual surgery... He's not going to be back at a full range of motion, no less thinking about training in six months, if he has the surgery. That's what they're, I'm assuming, waiting on before they make a real decision. Yeah, well, they're, they're saying that he would need the surgery, and then he would need to recover from the surgery, then have, he would, since it's, that, I'm hearing that it was almost 95% torn. Oh, yeah, and there's so, no six months about that. Yeah, so then, then he's got to rehab. Then he's got to get back in a fight shape, and then have a training camp. Yeah, right. So, but the, yeah, the, the one thing is, is, if he tore that in the fight, that was two months ago. Exactly. So what the hell have you been man. doing for two months? I'll tell you, can I, can I, can I uh, uh, jump in there? I think, again, By all I think means. probably, yeah, I think they knew probably a month ago or more, and again, they were trying to set up Del Santos uh, Lesnar. And um, I think uh, that's been a lot of, uh, I'm guessing a lot of crowds been going on before this news, you know, finally got released. So that's just my opinion. If it turns out, you know, I, it, you know that I'm you know, wrong, but I, I really believe that, like you said, it's two months after the fight. It doesn't just happen. So there's been, some, there's been really stuff going on behind the scenes. And uh, it's no coincidence that uh, all of a sudden all these rumors of Brock going to wrestling is coming out. Well, I'll be I'll be a hundred percent honest with you. When I hurt my rotator cuff, and and as, as awful as it sounds, when you hurt your rotator cuff, you can barely wipe your ass, especially if it's a, if it's if it's your 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 dominant arm. So, for for him to sit there for two, you know, since since his title fight at one twenty one, and he took a second MRI, it's like, you know, what the fuck have you been doing since then? Right. I mean, not, not I don't want to be I don't want to be a, a a callous asshole, but it's like, look. 
rotator cuff injuries fucking hurt. You can't even open a door or drive a car or any of this other shit, and all of a sudden, you know, it took a second MRI this late in the game to say that you're fucked up. You know, it, it, it's a little suspect, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not downplaying his injury because he, he is injured, but I just feel that the, the announcement of the diagnosis just came a little later than expected. Yeah, yep, I agree. I don't know, man. It's it, it's it's really foul, and you know it, it, the guys over at Middle Easy put up a very interesting article about title defenses, and they and they said that the title belt has been pretty much defended, you know, less than ten times. And in addition to that, you know, it's been defended more, of course, more than the Strike Force belt, but. It hasn't. It hasn't gotten any type of major defense, and, it, and it's unfortunate. Well, yeah. there's also been a, a ton of um, interim titles with the heavyweight division. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. all these interim shits. Oh yeah, we're gonna create this interim belt for this guy and this interim belt for this other guy, and before you know it, it's, it's guys fighting for belts that you know they really hate having. Like you know, Shane Carwell was so pissed having a fucking interim belt while Brock Lesnar, you know, danced around with the other belt. And then, of course, he ended up losing a belt that didn't even exist. It's like, here, fight for this invisible title. <laughs> Which, you know, I felt, I felt bad. It's like, dude, you got choked out for a belt that was just a placeholder. You got choked out for a placeholder belt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll I, I tell you what, I think ultimately, you know, again, the guy who you really feel the worst for here is Dos Santos because um, if – He's really, you know, he's he's the only guy I think who could beat Kane, frankly, when Kane's at his best. And, uh, you know, this is just a, an enormous, enormous uh, shot for him. So you kind of hate to see him get thrown in this type of this type of limbo. But like you said, who else is out there? Is it Shane Carwin? You know, Frank Mir, forget it. Frank Mir's been had the shit kicked out of him enough times that he's no longer viable to throw in, you know, to throw in there. So, you know, who else right now is out there? Well, I'll tell you this. You know, you said Junior Dos Santos may be the only one to give Cain Velasquez um, a, a, a serious fight. But I'll be 100% honest, and, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but, but Junior Dos Santos didn't exactly impress me when he couldn't fucking beat up, you know, when he couldn't beat up Big Country. You know, and, it, and not to say that Big Country's a tomato can, but it's like, if you're so good, you should have been able to whoop the fat man's ass, and you didn't. On the contrary, you know, you, you couldn't put him away, which is, which is to say, you know, that Roy Nelson is a durable guy. He is, and he can take an ass whooping. But if you're that good, and it's for a number one title contention, you want to have a definitive victory. And I just felt that he didn't impress me with his fight with Roy Nelson. And honestly, I think that had he fought Kane, Kane, Kane would have probably eaten him up anyway. I mean, don't get me wrong, he'll probably whoop Brock Lesnar's ass because, like, we've all agreed, Brock don't like to get hit. But uh, on a pure on a pure stand-up war, I think Cain, Cain Velasquez would fucking steal his lunch money. Yeah, I agree. You know, it, that's how I see it. What about I think, you guys? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, we agree, disagree? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think... Um... You know, sort of styles make fights. You know, that's always, it's sort of a cliche, but it's very true. And, um, you know, you're right. What you said about the Roy Nelson is correct. But at the same time, 
you know, in all fairness to Junior in that fight, Roy Nelson just took a beating. Showed tremendous heart. Um, and part of the reason I fight one the distance, I think, is just because Roy Nelson just showed incredible heart. But he had a crap beat out of him in that fight. Um, and, and Roy was really on a bit of a roll, but again, he's, he's certainly not a top contender. And I really thought that fight would be over in the first round. Um, you know, but that, again, that being said, um, I just think that Dos Santos's style and his, frankly, his quickness, uh, Kane is quicker, but his quickness is something that, uh, you know, could be the antidote to Kane more than the bulk of, say, who I love the guy and I'd love to see him win, but a Shane Carwin, you know, Frank Mir, forget it, doesn't, wouldn't really have a shot. So I'm, I'm sort of just saying of everybody out there, I don't yeah. see somebody who has the all-around skills of a Junior Dos Santos um, right now who is a viable contender uh, for Cain Velasquez. So, you know, again, part of it is, you know, he's the only one who can give him a chance, shot, but uh, there's not really other people out there who have a better chance than a Junior Dos Santos. Anything else I agree. No, I agree with that. Um, I also think, too, though, as far as Roy Nelson goes, um, you know, yeah, I wouldn't call him tomato can either, and, and he's not my favorite, but he did, I mean, he did get pretty pretty beat up, you know, I mean, like, yeah, it's fair enough to say he beat the shit out of him, you know, short of finishing him, so, I mean, I'm not sure how he was still standing. Now, that's not to say, though, that he is the most, the most well-rounded fighter, the most skillful, the most powerful, or any of that. That means he's got a, an amazing chin. So I, I don't think that takes too much away from Junior. So that said, I, I agree, though, that Junior at this time is probably the only one that would be. And, and I, as, as big a Carwin fan as I am, I think everybody knows that. I'd love to see Carwin get back up there, too. But, like, at this point in time, I, I don't think that he would really go in there and just annihilate um, Kane or or maybe even Junior at this point. But, you know, you know, with injuries and, and some of the ages and, and points in their careers that they have in the heavyweight division, I just agree that they're really – who else is there right now? I mean, you know, Pat Berry's not at that point. Roy Nelson's not at that point. Frank Muir is never going to be back at that point. Carwin's still injured, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I mean, who else is there is kind of where it's at, I feel like. I mean, if I if I had to if I had to if I had to book it honestly, I would take Brock who lost, put him with Junior, make it for an interim belt because you know what? If Brock Lesnar's fucking intestines fell out of his asshole and you can create a belt, and this guy's gonna be on the shelf for eight months, rough estimate. Let, let's not kid ourselves. Let's say it's gonna be ten months. It's like, look, create a fucking belt. You know, if Junior wants to fight Brock, just give him the option. Dude, we'll give you an interim belt. We'll give the winner an interim belt. Do you want to fight Brock? If he says yeah and Brock Lesnar says yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. Otherwise, I think he said yeah. I bet it's just Brock Lesnar who hasn't said yeah. That's what my guess is. Yeah, well, you know what? Dana White, like I said, he squashed that rumor. Brock Lesnar's going nowhere near WrestleMania unless he's going to be a fucking spectator or unless Vince McMahon gives Dana a shitload of money. Because, you know, never say never, say never. and I think, you know, if Vince came and said, you know, look, Dan, I'll give you fucking $5 million, and, and you know, we'll give Brock two, and will you let him do it? Dana, Dana might let it fucking rock. You know, money's money. And $5 million, if Brock Lesnar gets hit with a steel chair and his career is over, Dana White is $5 million richer, and he won't give a shit. <laughs> but Brock Lesnar will ruin his career. His credibility will take a hit for going back to wrestling, you know, to crawl back in there. Because, you know, other than me and, like I said, a handful, you know, I know a lot of you guys. You guys look at wrestling, you're like, ah, oh, fuck this. 
Huh. Well, I have to say, I, I lost, uh, again, I think I'd mentioned on another show, after you know, after the retirement of the fabulous Moolah, I, I, I lost all interest in wrestling. Wow. Yes. That's, that's what I'm saying. So, you know, to take, it, to, take it back, to take it back to that, it's like, you know, Brock Lesnar built all this credibility coming in and, and, and putting on good performances, and then all of a sudden, to go back to what your guest said, to what McCorkle said last night, you know, Brock Lesnar comes in, he does exciting fights. People pay to see him get his ass beat or to, to, to win fights. And for him to go back to wrestling, people are just going to be like, oh, you sold, you know, you sold out. Right. And I mean, you've got to think that if, if Lesnar's going to go do wrestling, he, he isn't coming back to MMA. You know, I, don't, yeah, I, don't, right. I can't imagine that. The fans that already hate him, I, I, you know, I just don't see that happening. I agree with that, and and I don't think that um, it, you know, like you said, like with if maybe Dana ended up with a nice chunk of change for letting him leave or for getting rid of him or however you want to look at it, that might happen. I wouldn't put it past Dana, but I don't think there would ever, especially if it went down that way, I don't think there would ever be the possibility of Dana letting him come back. And, and you know, being a polarizing character and people love to hate him and you know, selling tickets and all that crap, that's great. But it, I think that would be far enough past the point of. Um, looking detrimental to the sport, you know, that I don't yep. think Dana would have any part in it. Uh, Bobby Lashley tried that shit, too. Bobby Bobby Lashley, you know, he wrestled for TNA, and he's like, yeah, I'll do TNA, and I'll do and I'll do MMA. And I said, that shit's not going to fucking work. <laughs> and sure as shit, six months later, oh, I'm just going to focus exclusively on MMA, and, you know, I'll gladly help out pro wrestling where I can. It's like, you can't do it. You can't take fake chair shots and train on a heavy bag and expect people to take you seriously. Look what happened when he lost to, to Chad Griggs. Everybody's like, oh, Bobby Lashley fucking threw in the towel, you know? He fucking sucks. It's like he hasn't built up enough credibility where he can erase that stigma of being a wrestler. So I don't think, I don't think, in, I don't think in Brock's case, what is that beeping? Who is playing with something? I, you know that I, I have to say I I thought I, <laughs> we had something. Amy, do you have anything going on? Because we had last night uh, Sean McCorkle who was in his truck. I kept thinking it was his friggin' truck. And you I know, um, I actually last night. Sorry, go ahead. I actually had myself muted when you said that, so I'm not sure. Um, I had a message, but I'm not sure if you guys would have been able to hear it if I didn't. Oh, are so you getting sure. a lot of messages actually? Because it might be your messages coming through. Yeah, I think um, it's I your got... messages. Okay, sorry guys, I'll, I'll, I'll right, uh, so turn it off. It's, a, it's okay. No, 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 it's okay. It's just that it, that I was just like, you know, you're you're, you're in a mid sentence and you just hear bling, and I'm like, what <laughs> the fuck is that? You know, I'm I'm like, it's it's my doorbell. I told you I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Um, you know what? To, to to give the heavyweights a break, let's let's talk about some so, some lighter divisions. Um, the release for of Varner. And Hordesky, um, you know, ladies first. Um, what do you think, Amy? Um, you know, actually, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't really have a whole lot to say about either of them. Um, Varner, you know, I mean, it, a lot of it goes back to the whole: if you're a not going to be exciting, or you b haven't been doing well, especially here lately, you really just can't be that surprised. And and I guess maybe some of that is me not being that big a Varner fan to begin with, to kind of write him off that way. Um, Shit. Well, at least you're honest. <laughs> I know. I mean, 
I'm not saying like I'm glad to see him go. I'm just saying I, I that's not something I had put a lot of time into looking into and being curious about and having a fit over. It's just it happened. I mean, you know, when it happens, it happens. I guess and uh, and, and you know, Hardecky, I I, he, I actually saw a lot of um, posting and maybe an article or two about oh the fans want to know why and and what happened. And, you know, once again, not really. You know, I guess for what it's worth, unless you really get an upset, like, you know, when we talked about Gerald Harris or or even going back to, like, last night we talked about Elliot Marshall, unless there's, like, a big, big question about why why would you, I guess it's kind of getting, or maybe it's me, getting into the mindset of, like, why wouldn't you? I, I'm not surprised anymore. Already I'm not that surprised. Like, if you're not exciting or you're not doing well, especially in, in, in those, you know, that weight, it... You know, you're not exciting. You didn't win. You're not, and you're not exciting right now. You're not putting asses in seats anymore. And you know, maybe we'll see you down the road if you work your way back. I guess. Makes sense. I can't can't argue that. What about you, Josh? What do you got? Uh, I mean, Varner we knew that was going to happen. I mean, yeah, <laughs> sadly, <laughs> I did. Yeah, I, I mean, you got to think he hasn't been winning, and. The, when the WEC merges the the two lightweight divisions, there's just too many lightweights there. So they're you know they're gonna they're gonna trim the fat and and you know he was part of that fat. It's it's sad to see it's sad to see just because you know he was he was a guy whose career was so you know the, the guy the guy was former lightweight champion and it's like boom you lose your last four fights and it's like just digging your way out of a fucking sand pit. And every time you try to get out, you slip back in. I just felt so bad. I was like, "Damn, that's that's fucked up." Right before the holidays, you know. Yeah, well, and it's you know it's really tough for these champions that you know once you hit the champion status, you don't fight you know tomato cans anymore. You know, so if you go on a streak where you're fighting a bunch of you know hard guys and you lose three out of four, chances are you're still getting cut from the UFC, and that's you know that's just. It really sucks for them. Yeah, I have to. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I've, I've got to agree. Um, you know, I, I, <laughs> I'm just really surprised because again, I, I know, you know, Jamie Varner, not the most popular guy, but a very talented fighter, and uh, he, his last fight, I mean, against Shane Roller. Uh, who I loved. I mean, I really big Shane Rollergup fan, but you know to end up uh, getting a rare naked choke in the first round, uh, you know, and then before that again, really beaten pretty pretty easily by Cerrone or Cerrone, whatever the fuck his name is. I always pronounce it wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, you know, and, and again the the Henderson fight, he you know choked out uh, Kamal. I thought he ended up winning that fight against uh, Kamal, but still, I mean, he's really. Really, uh, you know, hasn't won a fight uh, since beating Cerrone uh, by the split decision, which is obviously a also a, a questionable win. So can't really fault them for cutting him. He's a really young guy still. Uh, you know, I think he just turned 26. So I really would not be surprised to see him get focused again and come back. Um, other thing about him, by the way, I don't know if anyone ever noticed, uh, but man, he looks like a young version of uh, Joe Rogan. Just my opinion. Not sure if people agree with that, but but I throw I've seen, that out I've there. I've seen some pictures. Yeah, I've seen some pictures where he kind of looks like Rogan. So I, I'm not. I'm not. Def, I'm not going to disagree with you on that. Oh, good. Thank you. So you agree with me on the Adam <laughs> Richmond and this one, two for two. Uh, yeah, not too bad. 
No, no, and Chris Hordecki, uh, yeah, unfortunately, and I, I, a guy who, if I looked at him, uh, he sort of reminds me, and again, I'll go back to my boxing days, of uh, Edwin Rosario, though Edwin Rosario obviously went on to a Hall of Fame career, but, you know, at that young age where he was just a young kid beating the hell out of older people, really reminded me of the boxing great Edwin Rosario, who was like 18 years old and beating up grown men. Uh, but just never seemed to progress, progress, uh, you know, past that. Not sure if it was the Ryan Schultz defeat that he had in the IFL final, uh, or tournament, um, or what, but he just never really seemed to get that edge back again. And, uh, maybe he's a guy who just hit that ceiling at a very young age. He kind of rose at a very young age, but, uh, you know, he rose too quick and hit the ceiling too quick. Uh, not surprised. Uh, he was really outclassed by Donald Cerrone. Uh, Cerrone, Cerrone, Cerrone. Um, so really not surprised about that. Uh, I don't see him really making it back to the UFC. But Varner, I actually I do see him making it back to the UFC. Fair enough. Well, you know we got UFC 125 this weekend. Before I go through, you know all the the typical, you know what fight did you like of 2010 bullshit that I have in my notes here. Um, let, you know let, let's talk 125. Of course. Um, you guys had Gray Maynard on um, a few shows back. Um, I'll start with that fight first with, with Edgar and Maynard. Um, Amy, take it away. Um, you know, I I think I don't remember if what I'd said on the show if I'd actually said I didn't want to pick. I, I like think you them. did. I, yeah, you know. Well, and here's here's the deal. I, I wouldn't necessarily have either of them pegged as the most exciting fighter on the planet necessarily to just watch in any fight. Um, that's not to say that I don't enjoy watching them. But that said, um, I actually, if I had, if somebody put a gun to my head and said choose, I would probably go ahead and go with Frankie. Um, I think that even still, I think he's a little underrated um, yet. And I think that, um, I think obviously he's on a roll now too, so... I don't know. I think they're. I think it's. They're pretty well matched. I think Frankie just might edge him out a little bit. I think it might go to decision. What about you, Josh? Um, well, I agree with the decision. I, I. I think this. This fight has five rounds. About third round, we're going to start hearing boos and and <laughs> and, and all that good stuff. But um, I'm actually going to go with a uh, with Gray Maynard on this one with by decision. Okay. What about you, Gary? Yeah, I, I, uh, I'll tell you what, I, you know, a little bit hard on this one. Uh, you know, obviously Gray's been on the show a few times. He's, at times he's a, a very dear friend of mine. So tough to, tough to really choose in this fight. Um, that being said, uh, he's not really a dear friend of mine, by the way. Uh, I think he likes Amy better than me, in fact. <laughs> Doesn't everybody? I think, yeah. Just oh, about, shit. Uh-huh. Just rich. I, I like I like look I, I'll be I'll be I'm gonna be a total fool. It's like look I like everybody, but if you got boobs, you you win. It, that's how it goes. <laughs> it's, like, it's like it's like hey Gary, you're a sweetheart. Josh, you're my boy. Amy has boobs. It's like you know that that's the way it works. It's like you can say yeah, Gray's a, a great friend of ours, but. Amy's a girl. <laughs> that's how it works, dude. It, 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 Fair you know, enough. That's how you got to look at it, man. No, you you know what it is, man? I'm I'm a fucking realist. It's like, you know, I I go out with my girl. uh, People meet her and shit. It's like, if you're my boy and and I, 
you know, you're friends with me and you're friends with my girl, but you're, you you like being friends with my girl because she's a chick. It's like, stop. You know, it's the way shit is. It's a, it, it, <laughs> we're, we're not splitting hairs here. So, you know, if Gray, if Gray likes Amy, it's because Amy's a chick. <laughs> yeah, well, like, I also didn't really leave him alone, so he didn't really have much of a choice but to, um, oh, to maybe answer. Oh, you beat the fuck out of that guy. Yeah. You beat the fuck out of that guy. I felt bad. It's like, he's like, hey, Gray, what do you think of this? Yeah, well, it's going to be great, and it's just like, oh, well, while you're at it, what'd you think of it? I was like, wow, fucking Amy like a pit bull on him. It's like fucking trying to get a choke on him. Well, he's a hard guy to interview, man. He's not the most, um, you know, social being on the planet, so. He might even be the least. Uh, you know, I'm just saying. I like I like Gray. He's just not a talker, that's all. There you go. Hey, so, so Gary, you got Gray as well, huh? Yeah, I, I, I do, I do. I think that, uh, you know, I think Frankie is uh, really still too small as a lightweight. I think the BJ fights has, uh, you know, I have to say really made him a bit overrated, I think. Um, you know, I think there's just uh, a lot more to Gray's, uh, you know, game. Uh, they're both really good wrestlers, but Gray's just a bigger guy. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think it was Gabe uh, Rudiger said yesterday, you know, Gray coming to fights uh, or walk around at 177 pounds, which is like in boxing a light heavyweight. Uh, Frankie could cut down and basically, you know, cut down to 135 and fight at that. Um, so I think Gray's too strong. I see it as a shitty, boring fight. Big surprise. Um, but I think that uh, Gray is going to end up just uh, sort of, you know, pounding out a uh, a decision. You know. I was I, I I had I had Edgar pegged initially, you know, as I started watching the hype vids because it's like you know you whoop BJ Penn's ass twice, you know that that's pretty big, especially because you know BJ Penn is BJ Penn, you know he's fucking Hawaiian Jesus, but you know <laughs> it, it, other than that, it's like Gray Maynard Gray Maynard is probably going to take it by decision. I'll be a hundred percent honest because he's going to probably do smother and cover. He's going to go, he's going to take the fight to the ground, and don't get me wrong, you know, Edgar has, has Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but it's like Edgar, Edgar's not, I would like to say Edgar's not as strong as Maynard. Like, Maynard can probably power his way out of a triangle, and, you know, he's probably going to do a lot of, a lot of ground and pound, but he's I think he's going to definitely do it just using smothering cover. Not to say that that's a bad thing, because that's the guy's strengths, but... I think Edgar's gonna he's gonna go in there expecting a, an, a, the old Gray Maynard, and it's just gonna be the same Gray Maynard but with more improved strength and wrestling that's gonna take this belt. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. He's gonna do the old smother, the, the the old smother move, you know. He's and I know Gary's gonna love this. He's gonna do. He's probably gonna use the John Fitch. <laughs> oh, don't get him started. Oh, come on now. Can we start? Can we not start with John Fitch? Hey, no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not shitting. I like. I like John Fitch, and I and I respect what he does. I I respect the science to his shit. You know, like like if you're gonna go in there and and you're a wrestler, and you're gonna grind the fuck out of somebody and win fights. Fuck it. They're not exciting. You'd rather watch paint dry. But you know what? He's winning, and and that's that's how it works. Like I re- I respect it, and it's called mixed martial arts. And the guy's using what yeah you know, what he, what he's built off of. It's like hey, I'm gonna use my wrestling. And I'm just gonna fucking lay on you and elbow you in the face. Fuck it. That's what happens. Oh. And Gray Maynard's gonna do the same. And again, 
Like Gary said, most people are going to think it's fucking boring. But you know what? If he wins a fucking belt, fuck that. Give me fucking 22 pounds of gold, and I will lay on your fucking forehead and, and just do Brock Lesnar rabbit punches for fucking 25 minutes. I don't give a shit. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I, that, that's, that's true. I'm sorry, I, I'll let you, I'll let you sort of go on quick, but I just wanted to throw out um, that uh, that's great, works for him, wonderful. But, you know, again, let's just be realistic. Uh, everybody in this sport fought like that, there would be no MMA, and uh, we wouldn't even be talking right now. So, oh, yeah, uh, of course. And you're right to look at it that way, dude, but you know what the problem is? We've gotten spoiled. We've gotten spoiled. With highlight reel knockouts, we've gotten spoiled with just with just real devastating strikes, and you know you have to respect all aspects of the science, you know whether it's you know the wrestling aspect. And like I said, I know I know it gets boring, and, and I know people don't like it. And, and you know, don't get me wrong, Gary, I, I I like getting watching people get the fucking shit kicked out of them. It, it's great, but you know I res- I respect the other side of the science too. And I'm like, look, man, if you got to do what you got to do to win. Hey, it works for you. Not everyone's gonna like it, but but fuck it, you know. So I so you know I like John Fitch. Fuck it. You want to grind out matches for the rest of your life and win belts? I don't give a shit. But you know what? Just don't do it when I'm shelling out sixty bucks. There you go. <laughs> wow. Well, I think what I was going to say um, before. I, well, for one, if, if I do agree that if every fighter had the same style, whether it be what you're calling lay and pray or if they were all strike, I mean, it wouldn't be the sport. I mean, if they were all strikers, we'd be back to boxing. If they were all grapplers, you know, it'd be a jiu-jitsu tournament. If it was, they were all straight wrestlers, it'd be, you know, wrestling. Yep. So that's kind of not the point. But um, what I was going to say before that, just out of curiosity, the way that you guys had said it, if, you, if you're talking about the new and improved Gray, unless you're just talking about, like, his mindset or maybe... I, I don't even know exactly what you guys are, are talking about there, but, like, if that's the case, how is it new if you're talking about he's a wrestler, too, and he's probably going to lay and pray and maybe grind him out? Like, how, how is that new? What would be different about that? Oh, I can, I can, I can answer that. You know what it is? You For, for a guy like Gray Maynard, yeah, he, he's probably going to go to the bread and butter, and he probably has a more diversified arsenal after his last fight with Frankie, but... What, I, what I'm saying in regards to a new and improved Gray Maynard is, like, this is a guy that's already fought Edgar, and he's already got a couple of tough fights after Edgar, and he's learned from them. So there's certain things that he's going to take into this fight that, who knows, maybe he wouldn't have been prepped for back in the day when he won that first fight. You know what I mean? It's just an evolution of him as a fighter. That, that's the only – that's what I call new, new and improved from, from that, just in terms of fighting tough competition and getting better. It's like Frankie Edgar. Not too many. A lot of people slept off Frankie Edgar. Then he came and he whooped BJ Penn's ass, and everybody's like, "Oh, Frankie Edgar's the the greatest fighter ever." It's like three weeks ago you didn't know who the fuck he was, but all of a sudden he's the greatest fighter ever. I'll be a hundred percent honest. I fucking slept on the dude. I didn't know who the fuck he was until he came in there and he whooped BJ Penn's ass. I'm like, "Oh shit!" This little <laughs> Jersey dude came in there and threw this guy a beating. And you know, I, I you know I followed up. I started watching some of his earlier fights, but. Same thing with Gray Maynard, guy. He, you know, he started one way and he's been evolving. Kind of, I almost want to say not on the level of evolution of, say, a guy like Koscheck, but definitely more improved in terms of the mental game of fighting. When he was on on the show with you guys, he was looking at fighting not just as going in there to win a belt, but he really had the science down pat. And, you know, he he seemed really focused to do it. But I feel that he's going to definitely go back a little bit to his wrestling just in case. 
Well, I, I guess I just meant like it, in that same vein, you know, Frankie probably also, I hate to be cliche and, and beat phrases to death here, but um, Frankie probably isn't the same fighter he was before. And also not, not having anything to do with improving or, or, you know, anything like that. I think, you know, especially if you do watch or read a lot of interviews with Frankie, Frankie's used to being the smaller guy. You know, like that, I I don't necessarily see that being a huge disadvantage for him, at least as far as affecting his mindset or how he trains. Like, he trains that way, he fights that way, he's used to being small for his weight class. So, I don't know that that'd be a real big, I think, issue as far as Gray being bigger, you know, and coming in bigger after after weighing in and all that. But, styles make fights. In this fight, I really do think size is going to make a difference. All right, fair enough. So we got it. The only reason I'm I'm getting these picks early too is because I'm th- I'm going to put them all on the site. Me and me and me and Josh have talked about this, so I want to make sure everybody's picks are there. So that way, next week when I look at them, you know, if Amy gets most of the picks right, I'm sure she'll be like, "Ha ha, fuck you guys." <laughs> but um, you know, will never happen. <laughs> we'll see. Um, we get Lieben and Stan, which of course is the is the co-main event. Um, definitely like Lieben's hype for the fight. I like his humbleness. I like, uh, you know, him talking about, you know, his, his DUI and, and citing, you know, we elected a president who fucking got a DUI, you know, fuck it. I make mistakes. And, you know, I, I, it made me like him a little bit more, but, um, we'll, we'll, we'll open with Amy again. Who do you got for this? Um, you know, as far as just like a straight pick, I'd probably go with Lieben, um, just straight out. But I think what we were just saying, I actually was going to mention, I think it's funny, um, especially for hyping a fight like this, that you've got a guy that would probably have been somebody's choice, many people's choice for a comeback fighter of the year in Lieben, um, other than the fact that he's had a really shitty year outside of fighting. Um, but you've got a guy like that, that that maybe some people think is an asshole, that maybe they think you shouldn't be fighting right now, get your legal matters straightened out, you know, whatever the case may be, versus, you know, a what someone called decorated, um, you know, military guy. It's a like, total different, like, total different worlds colliding, kind of, I think is how it's starting to be plugged also. Um, that said, anyway, I think that um, that's interesting for hyping the fight. But I think that Lieben, I think Lieben, especially if he is fighting like he's fought in those last few fights, um, they have similar, you know, similar, I don't want to say styles, but similar skill sets. And I think Lieben might might pound him out eventually. I think he might just, you know, strike him. I don't know if it'll be stand-up or ground-and-pound kind of thing, but I think he'll take him out. Josh? Yeah, uh... This, this fight, they both say they're going to brawl, and I really don't think too many people are going to go against uh, Chris Lieben when, when you know, when you're thinking a fight's going to be a brawl. Um, yeah, Lieben has, you know, everything that Stan has, Lieben has better. And so I think I think Lieben wins this fight pretty easily. Nice. What about you, Gary? Yeah, absolutely agree with Josh on this one. Um that would be interesting. Uh, one quick interesting side of this is, you know, uh, aside from his legal, you know, his driving, you know, while intoxicated, um, uh, you know, which to me I think that if you, you know, I, I have no respect for that. Um, but, you know, Chris Liebman, is, Liebman is, a, is a teacher now as far as in Hawaii. And um, anyone who knows Chris Liebman says he's a really, really nice guy. Um, so, you know, even though they, they might be playing up the sort of, you know, villain against the hero here, uh, but, you know, Chris Lieben maybe was a villain a few years ago, 
you know, when he peed on a guy's pillow, but uh, he's actually really a good guy. And I agree totally what Josh said, that anything Stan might do, uh, Lieben does a lot better. This is a fight that is really Lieben's to lose. Uh, so I, I like Chris uh, fairly easy, actually, in this fight. Uh, you know, I, wow. I think uh, it'll be a good brawl and a second-on knockout. That's that's a nice way of looking at it. You know, I I, I don't mind when you, when you hype a fight with the good guy, bad guy scenario, but... You know, to to touch on what Amy said, the guy the guys come a long way. I mean, that fight with Akayama was disgusting. That was that was so disgusting. That was that was like to me that was like a coming out party. It's like this isn't the same leaving that you know kicked down fucking doors and bullshitted. This this is the a, a leaving that will have no problem putting you to sleep with a choke, just as much as he can with his fists. And I, I feel that you know, like you were saying in regards to him. He shouldn't be fighting and focusing on his legal matters. The way I see it is lawyers cost fucking money. Yep. And he needs to fight because <laughs> he needs to get paid because lawyers cost money. Now, you know, I'm, I'll be 100% honest in, 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 my, in, in my thinking with that. And I think that Lieben, he has a lot to prove. He's going to go in there and he's going to definitely throw Stan a beating. But I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to walk through him just because Stan, Stan was a big deal when he was in the WEC and highly decorated. He's a, he's not a cakewalk. It's gonna be an, another another patented Chris Lieben war. Is how I see it. Yeah, it's just gonna be a bloodbath. I, I I see. I think it's gonna be a bloodbath for for you know the the opening the from opening round to to closing round. I, I'm I'm sure Lieben will finish him, but it, but it's it's gonna be it's gonna be the the crimson mask Chris Lieben celebrating for sure. <laughs> All right, uh, Thiago Silva and Brandon Vera. I, I, I've gotten some people telling me that they could frankly give two shits about this fight, but I like Silva, and Vera, Vera's a likable dude. So um, go ahead, Amy, break it, crack it open. <laughs> um, I, I think I could see where some people would say they could give a shit about this fight, uh, just from a standpoint of them not being um, maybe the most exciting people on the planet or really having done much lately. Um, you know, Brandon, Brandon hasn't won, what, since, like, it's been maybe a year and a half, I think. The last fight he won was um, summer of '09 at some point. So, you know, John Jones, I guess you could say, good luck. I, he's up and coming. He's the next big thing, and he's all these things. Like, maybe uh, you can't really count that one against him. Um, and he lost to Randy. But I, I like them both. I think that um, they both have more knockouts in their wins than anything else, but they're both, like, um, jiu-jitsu guys So also. So um, I don't know. Maybe I could... It, I don't know. It could be exciting. It could be a good fight. I think that I would probably go with um, Silva, but I think it's going to be one of those things that you know the light heavyweight division isn't isn't too bad off right now. And I think that if either of them lose and it's not an exciting fight, that we could be looking at another cut. So um, I think maybe if they're taking that into consideration as well, that maybe it might be a little faster paced and more exciting. But in the end, I'm going to go with Silva. Fair enough, Josh. Yeah, you know, I didn't even think about that. You know, putting two guys that, you know, they might want, might be close to the chopping block against each other and kind of like, well, pretty much, I mean, Vera hasn't won in in you know since August of last year. So, and he's lost two in a row. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, really, he's five lost five of his last 
eight fights. So, I mean, yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he comes back after having his, his face blown up. Um, <laughs> you know, to see, I mean, what, what happens if Thiago puts him on the mat in the first round and starts lining up some elbows? I mean, what does he do, you know? How does his face hold up? And, you know, emotionally, what does he do? I mean, um, it, it'll be interesting to see that. Um I'm going to go with Silva on this, though. Um, I think he's very just, I don't know, you know, the guy just, he has so much potential and he never really does much with it. So I'm going to go you with think uh, he's done? I, I think if Thiago beats him in the first round, if they, you know, Vera comes out and just gets demolished, I think Vera, they let Vera go. Oh, shit. All right. Gary? Yeah, I'll tell you what. Uh, I think. Uh, you know, in in this fight, I think I like I like Silva as well. What's, what's interesting about Silva is he is, um, you know, began the year on a really crappy pay per view card, and he's going to close the year on a crappy <laughs> a crappy pay per view card. He was on, you know, one hundred eight with, um, you know, which was uh, Evans uh, Rashad Evans and against Tiago Silva as believe it or not the main event, um, you know, but. Ultimately, the uh, you know as far as getting back to this fight, uh, I think Silva, you know, just uh, has a little bit too much speed for Vera. I think Vera is uh, really not even close to the fighter he was previously. Uh, his, his momentum, his, his confidence is down, and uh, you know, like I think Amy makes a good point. The loser is going to be caught, and uh, I think you know I just think uh, Vera is uh, not going to uh, not really going to be able to bring his A game. So I like Silva in this fight pretty easily. And Silva across the board. <laughs> poor, poor Brandon. Poor Brandon Vera. If he wins, he's just gonna. We're all gonna feel like such assholes. <laughs> but um, but hey, you, you I know, like Brandon I, Vera. So I, I like him. I mean, uh, Slick Slick likes Brandon Vera. Um, I I tell you, man, when when John Bones Jones served him up that that elbow on a fucking platter, though, I was like, oof. I don't know if your if your career is coming back from that. So. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, sh- I wasn't sure. I was like, "Fuck!" So you know, Thiago, Thiago Silva, he, you know, he's, he's a faster dude, man. So I, I, it's good. I'm not shocked that we all voted across the board. Um, Nate Diaz and Don Young Kim, uh, Amy, take it away. Um, you know, I, I, I actually, I'm not sure if people know this. I'm actually a Diaz fan, both of them. Um, I, maybe not the biggest one on the planet, but I enjoy watching them fight. I think that. Um, still to this day, I kind of think they're a little underrated. And um, you know, stun gun, stun gun's not not unexciting either. Actually, when we were at one sixteen, or I'm sorry, one fourteen, when he fought um, Amir, and you know, I went to it went to decision and all that. But he made his point. He definitely won. You know, but um, but you know, he's he's uh, he's not got um, many losses and. Uh, as far as Nick or Nate, I'm sorry. Um, Stun Gun, though, I just I don't I don't know why I, I have trouble picking him, and maybe it is because I'm a bigger Nate fan. Uh, you know, the judo is one thing I think a lot of people have trouble dealing with because it's not utilized as often. So I think that if he sticks with his judo, that maybe he'll catch um, catch Nate off guard a little bit. But I think in the end that if they if they end up on the ground, especially and he can maybe triangle, I think um, Nate might sub him. Josh? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think this fight's going to be, um, you know, probably a little more entertaining than, than than most will think. But 
the, the both Diaz brothers they they tend to throw the other fighter, you know, off his game plan with you know with the, the, the peppering of shots and and yep. you know the, the the length and everything. So you know, I mean, it's hard to pick against uh, Diaz here just because of his style and and then what he brings to the table. I mean, if if the fight goes the distance, you know, I think Kim's got a chance, but I, I don't see. Diaz getting knocked out, and he sure as hell ain't going to get submitted by uh, by Kim. So I'm going to take Diaz in this one. Gary? Yeah, I'll tell you what's kind of interesting uh, about this fight, actually, is uh, Kim is going to present something to Nate that Nate's not really used to, which is somebody who's, who's pretty much taller than Nate. Uh, Kim is 6'1". Uh, you know, Nate's around 6 feet. Uh, so that's kind of that's going to be interesting, actually. Uh, I think uh, you know I remember you fought the head fought Josh Nairn had some problems with, and Josh was around his size. Uh, I think that Kim is going to give him a give him a really tough fight, actually. Uh, Kim is actually is undefeated, by the way. He did have a, a no contest and a draw on his record, but he's thirteen and all. But he he really goes to decisions, and even his stoppages. Most of like are, are in the third round, so I mean it is definitely not an explosive fighter here. Um, but again, that's another reason why I think he's going to be tougher for Nate. Nate does better against these guys who come out and really leave themselves exposed. Uh, so I think it's going to be a really, really tough fight. Um, I'm a big Nate fan. I, I like watching Nate fight a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll probably be rooting for him in this fight, uh, but this is not a gimme for him. I really don't think, uh, I think ultimately he may win, eck out either a close decision. You know, I'd be shocked if he's able to submit Kim. But, uh, you know, so I'll go, I'll, I'll give it to Nate, but I'll say this is going to be a much, much tougher fight than people think. Nice. I, I, I honestly, and much like Andy said, you know, I got much love for the Diaz brothers. I got love for those guys. Um, they they really just don't give a fuck about being liked, or you know, they go in there and they go in there to do work. And I gotta respect that. You know, it's like some, sometimes you can't you can't always be a fucking a bag of roses for everybody. Sometimes you you gotta be a bag of dicks. It happens. And. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I like Nate Diaz. I, you know, I like when whenever he wins and and he kind of clowns Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan would be like, "Hey, Nate, why don't you walk us?" He'd be like, "Yeah, man, look, uh, Stockton, shout out to my people, blah blah blah, whatever, Joe." And he just walks, he just clowns out Joe Rogan, which I I always find amusing every time. And that, like uh, to go on what Amy was saying, you know, the 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 Diaz brothers, they always they always kind of float under the radar. They're like it's almost like it's 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 a secret to talk about them being good in you know mm-hmm. at the sport it's like yeah you know nick diaz he's good and then you know the only thing that they'll say about nick is you know his shit with with mayhem and it's like look man nick diaz is no joke you know he goes to japan fucks people up comes back to the u.s fucks people up it's just the way it is and i i have to say you know kim kim is in another it's another guy he's not a cakewalk but nate diaz to, to you know go on what was said earlier, he he throws guys off his game plan. He has those crazy looping punches, which which nobody's figured out yet. Nobody's figured out how to how to start countering those those, those crazy looping uh, tree branches that he throws at you. So I definitely think Nate Diaz is going to set it up with with striking first, and he's going to go, of course, for 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 the for the Gracie Jiu Jitsu 
for for the win for sure. But it's it's not it's not going to be a cakewalk. I definitely see it probably going three rounds and then him catching him in a submission in the third. There you go. I agree. All right, and uh, last one on the TV card: Gomi and Guida. Amy, take it away. Um, again, you know, if if I'm just making an outright pick, I'm I'm going to pick Gomi. But I think that it's funny with him right now. The people that maybe were not big Pride fans, um, maybe especially like a lot of the newer fans that maybe weren't around then and haven't seen a lot of his um, fights, you know, he's he's been around a lot longer. He's had a lot more fights. Um, and, it, and if he comes out and does the work like he did with Tyson Griffin, I mean, I, I guess maybe doing work is the wrong term, but, I mean, he just took him out, plain and simple. That was that was actually kind of gnarly. So, you know, he's got heavier hands than Clay. He Clay's more a submission guy than a knockout guy. So I think it's going to be maybe one of those fights where it may depend where it takes place. I mean, Clay may be able to catch him, um, you know, in some kind of submission. But I think all in all, at the end of the day, that, that Gomi is just going to take him out. I think he, he might knock him out, maybe a TKO. But I, I just don't think, and I love, I'll be honest, I love Clay Guida. I think he's fun to watch. I think he's got a great gas tank. I think he's a de- genuinely nice guy. I think a lot of good things about him, but I just don't think he's going to beat Gomi. Oh, shit. Shocked to hear you say that. Uh, Josh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm actually, I just think this fight's going to be 15 minutes of just pure MMA fun. Uh, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think the fight ends. I don't think, uh, you know, anybody gets the knockout or anything. It's going to go the full 15 minutes, and, you know, at the end of it, the, the whole place is going to be standing and cheering for these guys because, um, you know, it's just going to be a fun fight. Um, I'm going to go with Gomi, though, by decision. Oh, okay. Let's throw you off there. Yeah, man, everybody, you, the two of you throw me off, and I, and when it gets to me, I'll tell you guys why. Go ahead, Gary. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I tell you what, I, this is another really good fight. The two best fights on this card, I think, uh, you know, obviously the Liebenstam is interesting, but not a great fight, uh, are the two uh, lower fights on the undercard. Uh, you know, Clay, Clay Guida, uh, I, I, I tell you what, I'm... I'm sort of going to liken this to uh, Gilbert Melendez when he fought Shinya Aoki, even though I think Aoki is obviously technically superior to Gomi. Um, but I just think that the same way Shinya Aoki really wasn't used to the aggressiveness of uh, Gilbert Melendez, uh, I think Gomi's sort of going to be overwhelmed by uh, Clay Guida and his aggressiveness. Um, you know, Clay, as long as, you know, he doesn't get caught, and uh, that's definitely a big if, um, but, but I'll go with the uh, he's not going to get caught. Uh, I just see him, um, you know, being able to control the fight, uh, probably on the ground, uh, doing what Clay does, and uh, ultimately I think Clay's going to win a decision on this one. All right. All right. You know, and not even to, to, to split it down the middle, I, I, I love the Fireball Kid. He's he's fantastic. He, his wrestling is always great. Um, his performance against Tyson Griffin was, was really good. It erased his his, uh, his fight against uh, Florian, where I pretty much wanted to throw my shoe at the television. So I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is happening? What is happening? That was, that was me just screaming at the TV because I, I like Gomi. You know, he's a humble dude. He comes in there. He does work. 
And, you know, not that I don't like Florian, but I, but it was just like, what is happening? I just yelled at the screen for 15 minutes. But I think in, in regards to him fighting Guida, Guida runs on, on a pace that, you know, he's, it, it's just foot to gas for 15 minutes. Like, he doesn't slow down. Oh, yeah, let me slow. No, he fucking runs in there. And he, you know, he, he kill or be killed. And I don't think that in Gomi's case, he hasn't been in the cage long enough to prepare for that sort of a pace. Not to say that, you know, he, he, he couldn't adapt, but I just think that Guida pushes such a, such a different type of pace, and Gomi is more methodical. He uses, you know, he uses his wrestling. He, he uses a, a good mix of, of all his disciplines. Guida comes in there, and it's all... It's all, look, I'm going to bounce around till you fucking get tired of seeing me, and then you'll see three of me, and then you lose. That's how, that's how I see it. I think, I think he's going to go in there and really push the pace for 15 minutes. And, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, well, you know, Guida's not a finisher. A couple of my buddies were like, you know, Guida's not a finisher. You know, he, you know, he just goes in there, he gives exciting fights, and he wins decisions. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, he hasn't run into a guy that he could finish. I, I honestly think he... He could finish Gomi if he just, if he gassed him out with his pace. So I, I definitely want to thank Guida by surprising finish, um, just because Gomi can't keep up. Fair enough. I'm surprised. I got I got a, a tepid response. I was expecting people to be like, "What the fuck, man?" <laughs> He's got a superior gas tank, I think, but I, I, like I said, I just think it depends also on where the fight takes place. I mean, he may not be a finisher, but, you know, he likes his submissions, so maybe if he if he catches Gomi that way, it, it, you know, it could happen. I'm just, I mean, that's all. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, if, all right. If, Go ahead, Josh. If, well, I mean, if Guido wins by finishing, man, it's going to be a submission. I mean, he he's only got four knockouts on his record, and, and Gomi has never been knocked out. So, you know, I mean, it, I, it, I'll agree with you, you know, if he gasses him out, you know, and then in the third round he, you know, chokes him out, I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't think that's too far-fetched of a thing. Yeah, it's fucking, it's fucking crazy. I'm, uh, I, the, 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 the pace he pushes, and, and I've seen, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of different fighters, but it's just his pace makes the fights. It's like, holy shit, this guy's, like, when he fought Diego, when he fought Diego, I was like jumping up and down, like holy shit, this fight is fucking insane! Just because he, he, it's like third round, you think he's dead and he's not. <laughs> so that's why it's uh, it's one of those things where it's hard to root against him. I mean, and and I like Gomi, I like Gomi from the Pride days, but that fucking pace Guida pushes, I don't know, I don't know what fucking kind of speed they're giving him, but <laughs> they, they, more guys need to have that same sto- sort of uh, foot to gas fighting style. It makes for exciting fights. All right. I the the ion card. I'm not I'm not I I'm only gonna bring up the prelims for, for, for two fights, but um Marcus Davis and Jeremy Stevens, a lot of people are saying this is Marcus Davis's swan song. Uh Amy crack it open. <laughs> um well you know I, I hate I kinda hate going back to this Here's the thing with these two. I, you have to kind of think that they're probably going to stand and bang. Um, but they're both coming off losses. That's a stacked division. So it's another, to me, this is another fight that where if they don't come out and really put on a show, um, I guess either of them, for that matter, then you could be looking at maybe another potential cut, which maybe doesn't you know matter as far as picks go. But 
Um, I, I always have to think that, that might cause a fight to maybe be a little more exciting because you're fighting for a little bit more than just a whim. Um, oftentimes you're fighting for your job now. So um, that said, in this one, uh, you know, I don't know. I Marcus Davis I like. Um, you know, his last fight he lost to Nate Diaz. So, it, but they're both, they're both fight of the night, like I said, type guys, and they both, I think, kind of push the pace or try to. And I like Lil Heathen, too. Um, I think, though, that I'm going to go with Jeremy Stevens simply because, I don't know. He's he's younger. I, I'm not saying I'm not saying Marcus is is done, you know, or washed up or anything like that. His record's better, um, obviously, but I just I like Jeremy Stevens better, and and I hope that I hope that maybe this could be a potential fight of the night too. I, I think it's going to be hard with the other, the last two that we talked about, you know, as far as that goes. But you know, I hope I hope that it's um, exciting. I hope neither of them get cut, and I hope and think that Jeremy Stevens um, will take it possibly. Possibly maybe a TKO, but I think this one will probably go to decision, too. Wow. All right. Josh? Yeah, you know, this one does have potential for, for fight of the night. Um, I, I'm going to take Stevens on this one. Um, I mean, I, I think Davis is, is going to have the more, um, you know, the, the clean boxing style. But, but Stevens is, you know, he, he's wild and he comes from odd angles and, you know, if Davis is going to try to stand in the pocket, um, you know he, he's going to he's going to get it, you know get hit, and, and Davis has so much scar tissue. I mean, he just seems to bleed every fight, and you know, and that's going to you know, you know, come into play too. So I'm going to, I'm going to take Stevens in this fight. Fair enough, Gary. Yeah, I, I've got to also do this. I I, I think Jeremy Stevens first off is, um, you know, he, he is a guy who. Is very talented fighter. Uh, you know he's had some kind of really surprising losses. Uh, the Tebow loss I was really surprised about. Uh, you know even Lozon getting uh, submitted by Lozon, but you know he's still a guy who I, I think is a lot better fighter than uh, sometimes people realize. Uh, you know Marcus Davis. Uh, you know I, I, he's he's getting up there in age. First off, uh, I mean he's 37 years old. Uh, at this stage, and one thing I've really noticed in the sport is guys are training a lot better, uh, and probably because they have boxing trainers as well now, such as uh, Howard Davis Jr., um, they're training to be able to defend against good punchers and good striking much more than in the past. So, you know, like three, four years ago, Marcus Davis really was a lot more effective. Uh, nowadays, he's not as effective and uh, I really don't think that uh, he'll be able to land on Jeremy to end the fight. I think Jeremy is going to ultimately be able to uh, submit him, uh, probably in the second round. Could even be a first-round submission, but I, I like Jeremy fairly easy in this fight. All right. Wow, Stevens. Stevens getting a lot of love. I also am going to give it to Stevens, but I, I, I'm kind of doing it um, um, not, a, not 100%. Not 100% in the tank with it, only because Marcus Davis has a puncher's chance and somebody has their volume up. <laughs> but um, Davis has a puncher's chance, and, and that's one thing I, I I respect his hands, man. So, you know, Stevens, Stevens may want to stand and bang, but Davis has better hands. But if it goes to the ground, it's, it's Stevens all day. So I'm going to give it to Stevens, and, and I'm doing it just because it's, you know, on paper, it's, it's Stevens' fight to win, but 
he can't take Davis lightly because Davis will put him to sleep. All right. Um, I was going to talk about the Grisby fight, but I've only, I haven't seen him fight before, so it would be unfair of me to make an, an assessment on it. I mean, if you guys want to do a pick on it, by all means. Um, you know, that that's fine. And, and Dustin's so young, too. I don't think a lot of people necessarily probably yeah. followed him very long either. I, I think I'm just going to go ahead and say Grisby on this one, but if you guys have more to say about it, then by all means. No, you know, I'm pretty much in the same the same boat. Um, I don't really know too much about Dustin, um, but so I'm going to go with Grisby on this one. All right, Gary? Yeah, I, I tell you what, first of all, I'm actually looking forward to this uh, just because, you know, Grisby obviously has got the big uh, build-up right now as the guy who uh, could eventually be in the next sort of super fight with Jose Aldo if they can build him up. Okay. Uh, Dustin, interesting, uh, interesting also guy, uh just went all stoppages, really all stoppages on his record. His only loss was, uh, you know, decision against Danny Castillo, uh, which was kind of surprising. But, again, Danny Castillo is a guy whose only losses were against Anthony Pettis, Shane Roller, and, and Donald Cerrone. Uh, so a solid fighter. So this is, you know, for a guy, Josh Christie, that's getting a showcase fight here, and that's what this really is. Uh, Dustin's a great opponent uh, to really see where he stands. I think Josh is going to end up winning this fight, but I think he's going to have some rough moments um, from Dustin. And uh, you know, but I think ultimately he'll he'll end up winning it. But uh, I'm interested. This is a fight I'm actually very interested in. And, uh, and do you have Eye on TV to watch it? <laughs> I believe I do. Because that's I that's do. the fucking kicker too. I think I gotta I gotta I gotta find my way through the through the files directory and see if I have that shit. I should. But I'll be bummed if I don't because, um, you know, like I said, I'm not going to give a pick for this to fight. I, I'm excited to see, especially with the huge Twitter campaign behind it, is Baroni and Tavares. Um, I'm a huge Phil Baroni fan. Yeah, there's some New York bias in there. I don't give a fuck. Um, but, you know, Baroni's an exciting dude to watch. So, Amy, crack it open. Um, I, <laughs> I have to say, I'm not surprised that you said that just now, actually. Um, but I think. I, I like Phil Baroni too. I mean, I, I I don't want anybody to mistake that as me saying that I think he's necessarily really going to come out here and dominate or anything like that. He is an entertaining dude, that is for sure. And and I think that um, to beat the uh, possible cut horse to death for the last fight here, I think that there's there's something to be said for the fact that there are a lot of people that don't think Phil Baroni should even be fighting anymore. Um, he's saying wow. he's turned himself around again. He's doing. He's going to be the best Phil Baroni you've ever seen. You know all this business. He, you know, he's had a couple losses in a row. He hasn't fought in over a year. And you're talking about a fight that wasn't even supposed to be televised. So once again, you've got. You know, it was mostly a Twitter thing, actually. I think even Dana's admitted. You know, you've got this fight that was not supposed to get any kind of, you know, televised time that maybe wouldn't have been something that anybody gave a shit as much about before that fans, you know, pissed and moaned and bitched and groaned about to Dana, mostly because of Phil. Like, this wasn't because, like, and not to say Brad Varus doesn't have fans, but, you know, you had a huge um, Baroni contingent online you know, just, just bitching and moaning and repeating, and, and it was just like, you know, he gave in. So I think that if this fight isn't exciting and it isn't a great fight and maybe there isn't a lot of fireworks or a big submission or a big knockout, that especially for Baroni, if he's not exciting and if he doesn't win, he'll be out the door. I mean, you know, he hasn't won since, 
08, you know, and he's just not somebody that anybody's expecting to win. Now, that said, Brad Tavares, you know, he's only fought the one fight in the UFC. He's undefeated, though. But, you know, he's he's younger, and he looks good. I, I, his fighting looks good, too. And so I think that... Um, <laughs> I caught that, I think, you know, I hate to say it, but I'm I'm going to pick Brad. I'm going to go with Brad on this one. And I, I do like them both, you know, but I, I'm going with Brad. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure how, to be honest, but I'm going to give the fight to him. Josh? Well, I hope we see the best uh, Phil Baroni because we haven't seen much of him recently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, how can you not like you know Baroni? I mean, he he comes out, he balls, he entertains, but I mean, he's he's up there with a bunch of the other you know guys getting up there in age. You know, they're you, do you keep them around because they're entertaining, or you know, or they're actually going to actually fight? You know, which is what they're supposed to be doing. So, um, I, I can't pick Baroni on here. I mean, he hasn't looked good. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with Brad Tavares. Fair enough, Gary. Go ahead, man. Yeah, I think what's interesting about Phil Baroni um, is that he sort of, you know, people say, "Oh, yeah, this guy's he's past his prime," and blah blah blah. He never really had a prime, if you think about it. Um, in the UFC. You know, he had basically two knockouts over a Amir Solov and Dave Men or Mene, um, back in 2002, and that was it. Other than that, you know, he he pretty much lost all his UFC fights. Um, so it, you know, he almost has a reputation that was never earned of like a, a killer puncher, you know, in his in, in the early UFC. But he really only had a few knockouts. So it's kind of interesting where he's kind of living off a reputation that uh, kind of never existed. Uh, if you look at his his actual record, uh, I don't think you know. I, I mean, he's I know he's worked very hard. He's been tweeting about it constantly, you know. But uh, you know, I just think that uh, even at his best, Phil Baroni against uh, Brad Tavares, uh, you know, Tavares would have a good shot. So you know, Phil Baroni at this point, uh, I don't think he's got much of a chance against Tavares, so I also like Tavares, uh, you know, by uh, pretty much a typical Baroni will get, uh, you know, tired out and uh, pounded out, and that'll be that. Damn, just just no love for the kid. Um, <laughs> you know, crazy. I'm going I'm, <laughs> to get a lot of shit for it. I, I, I got I to gotta go with the hometown boy, and, I, and I'll, give, I'll give three reasons. The only re- three reasons I give is because, Phil Baroni is a, is a good wrestler, and I get pissed off that the guy never uses. It's like, dude, I know you can go in there and punch people in the face, and that's great, but but you got some wrestling. Use that shit. It's like um, I used to get mad at uh, what the hell was the guy's name? Uh, he ended up going to Strike Force. He was Rich Franklin's coach from the Ultimate oh, Fighter. George Gurgel. George Gurgel. George Gurgel. For the same, it's like fuck, man. You got the shit. It's like, what would happen if you used it? You know, would you be better? I mean, don't get me wrong. That's not to say that Phil Baroni would use his wrestling and not get his ass whooped because it could happen. But it's like, it's like, fuck, man. I know you like to go in there and punch people in the face, but, but, dude, you have so many other tools, and people are writing you off because they're used to your one-dimensional style. Why don't you do something different and, you know, hello, not be one-dimensional? That, that would be a great start to your comeback. You know, he goes in there expecting a trade with you, and you put him on his ass and pound him out. 
I bet you he wouldn't see that coming a mile away because he's used to Barone <laughs> right. coming in. You know, he's used to Barone coming in there, his little shorts and his fucking Jersey Shore glasses. I'm fucking Phil Barone. I'll fucking punch you in the face, you know? That's I have to ask you, though, to. Rich. Like, do, you, do you really see this as are, – are you hoping for or do you actually see this um, as being a potential Phil Barone comeback no, or in the beginning of it? Look, I'm not going to fucking drink the Kool-Aid and fool myself and say that Baro- that Baroni's going to come in there and run through this guy like fucking chili through a fat person. But, but, there's a part of me that, that again, puncher's chance. You know, I'm not going to write him off completely. It would just be a, a, a disservice to myself for, for rooting for a hometown guy. But, but Tavares, yeah, it's true. Tavares may go in there. He's younger. He's more, he's more, um, he's more diverse. Don't get me wrong. He may come in there and fucking throw Baroni the bell ring, and he'll get put to sleep. And I'll be like, "Fuck, there goes my pick." But you know, I, I'm gonna stick with the I'm gonna stick with the hometown boy just because just because I can. But it's true. It, you know, I'm I'm not gonna bullshit you, Amy. It's you know, I, I know it's a fucking lost cause. I know it's a fucking mercy pick. Right. <laughs> I don't even Fuck. mean that. I mean, I, I I think Phil is an entertaining guy. Like, if if Baroni pulls it out and wins it, I'm not going to be upset. I mean, I'm not I'm not pulling real hard for either of them. But I just <laughs> I'm not I'm not uh, betting on that one. There you go. Uh, fair enough. I mean, don't get me wrong. There would there would be zero money on that fight. Like somebody said, dude, fucking Phil Baroni Tavares, twenty five dollars. I'd be like, nope, not even for five bucks. Because I know I know I know how it's going to go down, but. <laughs> You know, I, I hold out hope, and, and you know, I, I feel bad for the guy because he's for for a guy to have enough fans to 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 put a tent in Dana White's asshole and live in there to make him put this fight on on television. You know, it, it, it's a, it's a testament to, to the power of the web and the power of Twitter. And and you know, don't get me wrong, I retweeted that shit too. Hey, put this fight on television because you know, dudes from dudes uh, an NYC guy. I got to give him a little love, but. But I know, I know in my heart of hearts it's going to end terribly. No. <laughs> it's going to end terribly. I, I'm going to fucking call on the show and be like, yeah, let's go through a fight next week. Oh, yeah, Baroni Tavares fight next. <laughs> um, guy. All right, so to close this out, I mean, the prelim cards, the Mike Brown and Diego Nunez fight, um, do, do you guys give a shit, not give a shit? I mean, I like Mike Brown. She's awesome. I'm just surprised that it's on the, you know, way down that far on the card, considering he was, you know, a former champ. It just seems yep, kind of I was surprised, odd. too. I mean, I, I would have thought that if they're putting three fights on the preliminary card, that they would have found room for him, but... Um, yes, not. <laughs> I guess not. He needs a bigger Twitter following. <laughs> I guess. I mean, we, we might have to... Uh, Hype up his Twitter now or something. Yeah, I think that's what's going to have to be from now. And I think, I think if you suck and you want to get on the main card, Twitter. Twitter the fuck out of Dana White until <laughs> he gets sick of you. That's it. You know, I, I I just to go back to that mask real quick. I don't even follow Phil anymore um, on Twitter. I, I couldn't handle all the, um, the, the inspiration tweets. and bullshit quotes. But... Um, it, if I recall, like he wasn't specifically really the one that was up in Dana's ass that much, wasn't it? Really, more so like his friends and other fighters and mostly yep. fans. Like, yep, it was mostly the fans. It, it was mostly the fans doing the campaign. And, and, and don't get me wrong, and I, and I will tell you, um, positive tweets 
They can be from Phil Baroni, Reverend Run, the Pope of Greenwich Village. I hate inspirational tweets. If I wanted fortune cookie wisdom, I would go to the fucking Chinese store and <laughs> you know, or order a number eight and crack a cookie open. I hate your fucking drivel. Uh-huh. Oh, God, well, plus God, you don't even God, you don't even have to follow him though. Everybody retweets the uh, shit. So I know. Uh, inspirational. Uh, look, I'm glad that that's those positive affirmations make you fucking wake up every day. But guess what, Phil? Positive affirmations aren't going to get you a fucking KO. So please, for the love of God, go in there and do what you got to do, and stop with this inspirational shit. I don't care that God gives you ability and the devil takes away your talent. I don't. I don't give a shit. I don't. Yeah, we all. I think we all can agree. Phil, Phil is an asshole. We can agree. <laughs> <laughs> Way to chime in there. <laughs> hey, hey, as a, as a New Yorker, he, he's he's a New York asshole. So I can relate to his assholiness. <laughs> but um, yeah, Mike Mike Brown gets no love. Um, you guys do want to throw some picks out there for it or? No. No, I do. All I right. do. I mean, I, I'll right. tell you what. Mike Brown is first off one of the truly nice people in the entire sport. So I will always root for Mike Brown. Um, Are you guys you know, good he, friends? What? Yeah, he's a good friend <laughs> of mine. But no, he really is a great guy, and you know, just I I really really hope to see him win um, in this fight. You know, so frankly, I'm picking him also because frankly, I, I'm a big fan of Mike Brown, and I just want to see him win. Uh, Nunes is not a dangerous fighter; doesn't have really many, uh, you know, stoppages recently. So he's not going to stop or do anything to, uh, you know, Mike Brown. So I, I think as long as Brown comes in, uh, you know, with with his confidence back, and he's got the one win back under his belt, uh, he should win this fight. But uh, I definitely care about it because I, I, I like Mike a lot, so I, I want to see him do well. I like him, man. I was I was shocked when he fucking when he beat Uriah Faber, you know, because Uriah Faber's you know West Coast Jesus, and um, you know, <laughs> hey, that motherfucker uses Perk Plus. His hair is beautiful. Oh wow, dude, <laughs> yes. And, and don't, don't forget that he beat uh, he beat Ash Chin twice, not just once. <laughs> <laughs> that he did, you know it. it, it, it it's it's funny and and you know it's gonna go a little off topic but when the WEC ended when 53 ended and they did that video and it was like they panned to Uriah Favor every five minutes it's like dude this guy didn't build this company he came in he got popular and you know he he, he helped the company but there were motherfuckers in there long before him the Chris Liebens the Brian Stans the Shane Carwins that were in there fucking you know putting putting asses in seats for the WEC too I don't know. I don't know where the, the the Uriah Faber love came from. I like the dude, you know what I'm saying? He's a he's a fun fun and exciting fighter to watch, but I just think that the hype machine behind him detracts yep. from 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 the organization. I agree. I agree. I don't think it's any different than anybody else having any of the hype trains behind them that goes on. I mean, a lot of people, and I'm not a big Uriah fan, but a lot of people argue that him being in the forefront of the of the company or the marketing campaign is one of the only reasons that more mainstream fans or less, you know, less big fans, I guess, are even familiar with WEC currently. I mean, there, there are a lot of people that you go, oh, you know, like uh, Brandon Vera or Shane Carwin or whatever used to fight in the WEC that would look at you cross-eyed. You know, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? 
Sad but true. I think they just find they just find the guy that's most marketable and jump behind him. But you know what it is? I just don't like that when you when they gave the the send off to the organization. Oh, like, oh, Uriah, you know, Uriah, Uriah favorite this, Uriah favorite that. It's like, yeah, he was he's good and he was there, but you know, you know, fucking Jose Aldo's your champion. He should be in ample highlights, you know. So should Dominic Cruz. So those guys should all be in ample highlights. It's like, oh, you know, you're right, favor of this, that. And I'm like, stop with the fucking stroke job. It was just really apparent. And I guess I guess it just got under my skin, personally. Fair enough. I tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, my disdain for things is, is obvious. And um, the last one is uh, McKee and Bulkman. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is because you know, Antonio McKee has has his own hype behind him coming into the the UFC. I'm surprised he didn't get on the uh, on the televised card against Christmas. Um, Amy, you got any thoughts? Um, not especially. I do agree with you, though. Um, that you, maybe not about necessarily really being smack in the middle of the televised card, but um, I do think that he has a little more um, hype coming into this fight, and. Um, you know, I, it has the potential to turn into a wrestling match, though. So I, I'm not sure how excited I am about it necessarily. So, um, ah, okay. and plus, you know, he's getting older too. I, I, I would, I, I'll go with McKee, just you know, for shits and giggles, I guess. But it's one of those things that if if it turns into a great fight and it happens to make the televised part, portion of the card, then I'd love to see it. But I'm not, I'm not going to be sitting here crying into my drink that I, I don't get. Hold your breath fight. on that one. That happening. Yeah, I don't think we'll be getting any extra fights out of this card. <laughs> Absolutely not. It's the fucking day after everybody waking up shit-faced. Dana White's like, take what the fuck you get and shut your mouth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he's he's already saying, you know, oh, you're getting your extra fight on the uh, the prelim card. You're not getting anything else. Yeah, yeah fuck that. So yeah. who, do you, who do you got, Josh? I'm going to go with McKee on this one. Um, I don't. I, I think we'll. We've seen the last of Volkman. Merry Christmas, indeed. <laughs> Get the fuck out. Exactly. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Gary, what do you got? I have to say, Antonio McKee, uh, along with um, Ben Askren and John Fitch, uh, really oh, shit. the uh, shit factor when it comes to. Uh, oh, yeah. Wow, the, so the, the whole, the whole trinity of Gary shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, very, very. Uh, uh, can I can I say very proper that uh, this fight is the last fight listed on the card. Uh, Antonio McKee has a lot to prove. I don't give a shit how many wins he has in a row. Uh, he is almost unwatchable. Fitch at least is semi watchable. I do have to say that in his defense. He does. He does. He does certain things. Askren's unwatchable, but Fitch is somewhat watchable. This guy McKee is unwatchable, and we'll see what happens. Again, you know, this is a tryout for him. The UFC doesn't need him. He needs the UFC. So if he's going to go all out and he's going to take a chance, then uh, you know what? We'll see what happens. It'll be interesting. But if he does his wrestling bullshit, I hope they cut him. Hey, oh, shit. No prediction because I can't give a shit about the fight. Okay, fair Anger. enough. <laughs> Anger is very prevalent on my take radio. Um, the uh, I'll tell you what happened with Antonio McKee and why I'm picking him, and I blame Middle Easy for putting posts about him, and then I'm like, let me see what the deal is with this. I start looking him up, and I start seeing his fight, like, holy shit. I'm like, okay, this guy, this guy's kind of cool. So, 
you know, I'm pick, I'm picking it solely on just YouTube coolness. Um, Jacob Volkman, you know, he seems like a nice guy. I hate his nickname and the fact that he gave the origin of his nickname. And it's like, yeah, you know, they, they call me Chris. I was like, ugh, ugh, just fucking diarrhea, just verbal diarrhea of a story. I hated it utterly. So just on the pure on the pure hatred of his nickname, I am I am picking against him. Oh, yeah, I, I know, I know. Sometimes my foulness comes out a lot more prevalent. I'm, I'm a dumber fan, I guess. Huh? <laughs> uh, let me tell you. Let me tell you something about fucking Dumb and Dumber. No, I am not a fucking fan of that shit. <laughs> You know, other than the most annoying sound in the world, I could give two shits about that movie. But uh, same here. <laughs> with, with that, with that said, let, let, I just want to go through the um, through the obligatory stuff, not not to keep you guys for fucking three hours, but you know, um, just to see what you guys got to say. Who, um, which promotion do you guys feel delivered the the best fights this year? Amy, I'll start with you. Um. You know, actually, this year, this year, I think was um, I wouldn't say incredibly um, one-sided as far as any promotion. Um, I don't know if many of you remember that Shark Fights card that ended up being really good. Of course, I wouldn't put them in contention against any of the bigger promotions right now. But you know, some of the Bellator fights were great uh, yep. at the end of the year. You know, especially this last card, Strike Force. You know, finally came through. Um, you know, UFC had some, had some really good cards, had some really big, really shitty, sucky cards. But I yeah. think in the end, and, and this is something that people have said for so long, and I think that it's something that people just kind of take in stride, but I think it still carries weight up until the end of this year, that consistently, like consistency in fights, fighters, promoting, excitement, entertainment value, and so on and so forth, it still have to be WBC. And that will obviously change next year, but for this last year, that's what I'm going with. Shit, that that's a good enough pick for me, Josh. What about you? Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's hard to argue with. I mean, you know, the, the UFC, you know, there, there's been so many cards where the, their their main events have you know been flops. That you know, I mean, the WEC, it, it seems like even if their main event is, isn't the best, the rest of the card just seems to carry it. And, and I don't really think that Strike Forces, you know anywhere close to those two. And now that, you know, you're going to put the WEC and, and, and the UFC together, I just think that the cards are going to be so much better. Um, you know, and, and hopefully, you know, maybe we'll get a little less bitching from people who say that, you know, every UFC card sucks. Wow. I'm one of them, by the way. <laughs> I think you bitch about everything. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have to say, uh, first, I totally agree with Amy on that, that uh, WEC, absolutely best promotion. Uh, but like Amy mentioned as well, best card uh, was this last Showtime card as far as for explosiveness. Uh, the Strike Force card, they had the three consecutive first-round knockouts. Uh, unbelievable, really unbelievable knockouts on that fight. Excuse me, that card. And there were good matchups as well, so it wasn't just putting – sacrificial lambs in, uh, but really good matchups. So that was, I thought, the best card of the year as far as from excitement. Um, UFC was interesting this year because when they came into it, it was mentioned that they were going to expand their number of shows, which, you know, by expanding it, uh, dilution occurs when you expand. 
Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I think that's exactly what happened. Uh, I think it's going to happen next year, too, because if you look at the the UFC card, I think it's, uh, what is it, 127, 128. Um, You've got John Fitch, I know we mentioned him a lot, against BJ Penn as the headliner of the UFC main event. I'm sorry, but John Fitch should not be headlining a pay-per-view. But the UFC this overall this year was very disappointing. Uh, Not one spectacular card the entire year. that being said, again, uh, Amy's right, uh, WEC, by far the best, second Bellator. Great, great. Uh, almost every card of theirs was a good card. There were a few that weren't, but just about the other, all, all of them were, were exciting. So uh, WEC and Bellator, UFC way behind, and Strikeforce uh, almost uh, not applicable, you know, not, not even uh, applicable because they really just uh, sort of took a step back other than the last, uh, last uh, card, which was awesome. Fair enough. I, I too, will say WEC fucking consistently. Let, let me tell you, I would do shows, uh, live shows, and have WEC in the background, and I would be watching it as I broadcast. Um, there's going to be a huge hole in, in Thursday nights um, between TNA and WEC. That, that, that used to be like my setup for the show. And, um, you know, I'm definitely going to miss that. Um, WEC was solid start to finish, including the end. Bellator definitely second place. They got some some great fights. Um, that Zoila Frosto uh, Megumi fight was what I really enjoyed. Um, even though I kind of saw it going a, a different direction, it was it was a Bellator card. Um, you know that whole card, including that fight, was good from start to finish. It also made me a fan of uh, Hector Lombard. It put me on to him. I was like, holy shit, this guy's no joke. So. WEC definitely first, Bellator second as um, best promotions. The UFC had exciting fights, but it was in spurts. It's like good fight, good fight, shit card, shit card, good fight. And, you know, they they threw a couple of freebies in there, you know, a couple free ones on Spike that were good, some fight nights that were good. But it, it wasn't it wasn't at a level that, that you've come to expect. And, you know, I think people got spoiled after UFC 100, which is dynamite fights and you know, with the inclusion of the WEC now, I, I, I think that the, the, the level of quality is, is going to go up. Strikeforce, best, best card to close out the year. Um, great knockouts. But we were, we were having a conversation at work about this with, with my coworkers, and it was basically the fact that Strikeforce had a great card, great knockout. It was fantastic. But had you been paying pay-per-view money for that, and it would have all been knockouts in the first round, would you have felt that was still as great of a card? You know, I have to think about it because it's like, you know, sometimes it's like boxing, and Gary can relate to this. You order the fucking pay-per-view, the fight ends in, in the second round, and you're mad that you dropped 60 bucks, you know? Oh, I just, but I still think that if I paid for that card, I would have been fine with it. Because it wasn't like the one Mike Tyson fight that ends in, you know, a minute. There were three fights, and then, you know, the earlier fights were all also good fights. So, uh, no, I, I, I absolutely would not have had a problem with paying for that one. Nice. Yeah, the WEC, I'm, I'm going to miss that shit, man. Those, those, fucking, those fucking guys did, did their due. Um, you know, just rolling down because I got a, a, a little checklist. What what you guys feel was the, the – who was the, most, the breakout fighter this year? Amy, you could start it first. Uh, of course I can. Um, yeah, of course. <laughs> La- ladies first. <laughs> Yeah, sure. I, I, I um, am a gentleman, even though I'm a complete asshole. Sometimes I am a gentleman. 
um, well, you know, it's, it's just a good thing that I never am shy or have a lack of opinion. Otherwise, I totally would not be okay with always going first. Anyway, um, that said, Breakthrough Fighter of the Year. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 it depends, I guess, on, on what you're looking at exactly as far as, like, how long people have been around. I I think some people would pick Kane only because, you know, like, he completely dominated Brock. He maybe, you know, hadn't quite been as marketable until the Brown Pride first Mexican heavyweight champ, yada, yada, yada business came about. But I don't think that's fair. I mean, he's been around long enough that I don't think that's what I would consider necessarily a breakthrough fighter. Um, and same okay. thing with John Jones. People the same thing about him. So anyway, that said, um, I and it is somebody that's been around longer than you know the last year or two that hasn't really had as much of the face time until this year as um, Anthony Pettis. So especially yeah. you know the last fight, yeah, seriously. So so for me that would be. And there are so many fighters and there are so many up and coming fighters that have been putting on good shows lately. But I think that the forefront of everybody's mind is going to be Anthony Pettis this year. Shit, I, I couldn't disagree with that. Josh, what about you? Who was your breakthrough? Yeah, you know, you know, I mean, Pettis, I mean, just what he did, you know, he's right on everyone's mind right now. Um, you know, I, I, I want to say Jose Aldo, even though, I mean, he won the belt at the end of '09, but, you know, him, him his last two title defenses, I mean, I kind of want to, you know, lean towards him, but I think that's kind of like the, the easy way out. <laughs> Okay, fair but, uh, enough. That's pretty much all I got. <laughs> all right, hey, nothing wrong with that. What about you, Gary? Who's your breakout fighter this year? I'll tell you what, it's, it's, uh, I mean, I could definitely go see about Anthony Pettis, but, uh, you know, in a certain sense, he was also, you know, last year, somewhat known, but, I mean, he definitely broke out this year, so I think that was a great, great pick, actually. Uh, as far as, if you kind of consider it a guy who's completely unknown, um, and this year broke out, and, you know, he's not a star yet, but definitely went from nobody knowing him to people really knowing him and, and, and being excited about him. Um, I'd have to say it's Phil Davis. Oh, yeah, Mr. Wonderful. Good point. Yeah, yeah that's a good so one. He would be my pick, I think, for breakout uh, fighter of the year, uh, just from going from total obscurity to, uh, you know, really being sort of the next uh, potential big thing. You know, I, I agree with that, too, but I do want to say, just as as a addendum to my Pettis pick, is that he, even though he has been around a little bit longer, like, I think people forget because he doesn't typically get injured, and a lot of, you know, he finishes so often that maybe he doesn't have the opportunity to get injured or to have many problems or be on suspension, that the fights that people talk about where, like, oh, we kind of recognize them, oh, we, we kind of remember him, oh, that was really great, and holy shit, that kick, were all this year. I mean, his uh, Danny Castillo fight, when he beat Carol Alexis, when he beat Shane Rollers, those are all 2010 fights. And so prior to that, like, he lost, you know, to um, Bart Palaszewski last year. And I think before that he had one or two other WEC fights. But other than that, I mean, the guy was, was doing regional promotions up until then. So, I mean, all the all the fights anybody would remember other than maybe Bart Palaszewski were all 2010 fights. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. I, I, it's a really excellent point. So I... Uh, I'm changing my pick to Anthony Pettis. <laughs> well, that was easy. <laughs> this doesn't work on my own show. What the hell? Oh, shit. That's fucking good. 
You know, I I, I would have gone. I, I was gonna go with Showtime. I I mean, you know, the, the the fucking kick sold me. You know, I'm I'm a huge video game nerd, and to see some shit like that, I was like, I was like, that's some Street Fighter shit. And you know, I I was hyped when I saw. It. I was like, oh, I'm just going crazy. But um, to, to me, you know, I you know, I got I'll group Pettis in there, John Bowles Jones, but. But the, the coming out party for 2010 is, is somebody who's fighting this weekend, and that's, that's Lieben for me. You know, the breakout guy this year was Lieben in my eyes just because he came off that decision with Jay Silva, the Aaron Simpson fight with the TKO, that, that, that war with Akiyama. You know, the guy, the guy went, and, and, you know, just, just bouncing back from, from real shitty deals. I, I, like, I like Lieben's story. I guess I'm a sucker for, for a good story. And... Um, you know he can he can continue on the march, you know going forward if he beats Stan. You know there's always that fight with Vanderlei that everybody wants to see, and fuck that. I'd 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 pay pay per view money to see that because because that that would be that would be a massacre for somebody that, one way or the other. So, Lieben Lieben I think was my breakthrough guy this year just because you know he's he's bounced back and even still you know with the with the DUI he's still humble and he still loves the sport and you know it, it's just a great story. You know, excluding the the DUI, I think his story is just very interesting to watch unfold. I agree, and I, I would like to also say though that I think any everybody is ready, whether it's leaving or not, to see uh, Vanderlei fight again. So I agree with oh, that yeah, I, point. I, I need that rape choke and knees to the face need to come very quickly. I agree. <laughs> All right. Um, last one. What would you call your upset of the year? Amy, what would you what would you go with? Um, you know, this is another another of the categories that I think there are probably going to be maybe three or four that uh, fights that people go back to. I and I, I would agree that Anderson Silva and Shell Sonnen is probably going to be one of them. Um, for me, though, I, maybe maybe I just was so tired of hearing about it, you know, leading up to the fight that. That I didn't even give a not that I didn't give a shit, but it it was just kind of like it was an upset. It was great to see that that triangle, the you know the last moment and all that, and it was exciting. But I just I, I didn't care about it as much as maybe I think a lot of other people did because I just kind of gotten burnt out on it. So that said, as far as major, absolutely nobody saw it coming. Didn't die down for a long time. Upset. I'm gonna have to go with um, Fedor and Fabrizio over Doom. Yep. That that shit. That's a that's a solid pick. No harm in that. <laughs> Josh, what about you? Damn it, Amy stole my pick. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I mean it, it. It has to be Fedor and Wardoom. I mean, I was I was there, and I mean, I just remember watching it, and you know, looking up at the screen and looking back at you know the live action, and then you know hearing everybody around me. And then you know, standing up after the event and and just going, did that just really happen? <laughs> Is this real life? You know, or, and and it was, it was it was even weirder when you got into the the, the press room. With it. I mean, all the press in there was all they were all shocked. Like, did that really happen? You know, yeah, I mean, I remember, ask? you know, I remember talking to them, you know, and going, did, did we just see that? And and then hearing we're, we're Doom's camp, you know getting ready to walk in and they were going crazy, you know. I mean it was it was it was really surreal. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean that is definitely the upset. Uh 
you know, I guess the honorable, to me, the honorable mention upset uh, would be the second um, Frankie Edgar-BJ Penn fight for just how dominating uh, Edgar was, because I, I did think BJ won the first fight. So, you know, as far as, um, you know, a fight, uh, the game you mentioned was a good good choice as well. The, um, you know, Chow Sonnen, I mean, that still was a shock, even though he ended up losing. Um, but for a guy who ended up winning in an upset, uh, I have to say Frankie Edgar. You know, first, definitely Fedor. Fedor, definitely number one. But uh, Frankie Edgar's dominating decision over uh, BJ was a shock. Nice. Solid picks. Um, definitely Fedor and Verdum for me. I, I remember watching it. And, um, you know, you, you're so used to Fedor coming in with his, with his quiet church music, fucking accountant that he is. And... Um, I, I didn't see it. I just didn't see that shit coming when I saw. It. I was like, "Oh shit, it's over!" And you know, it's like it's like that's when I that's when I started getting hip to Alistair Overeem, and they were like, "Oh yeah, you know, Fedor's gonna fight this guy next." I was like, "Holy shit!" Who fights guy's... tonight? Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. I, that's, that's right. I, I, I became a huge fan of the fuck of of the Reem. Um, the, you know, the other thing, Sonnen and and Silva was my, was another upset, but my my upset was Carwin and Lesnar. Yeah. Car- Carwin and Lesnar was my upset, and I'll tell you why. Um, everybody loves Shane Carwin. I like the guy. He's humble. He's a real cool dude. Brock Lesnar, I met him when he was a wrestler. He was a complete douche cape. Um, he probably still is, but whatever. But Brock Lesnar came in, and everybody's like, holy shit, you know, Brock Lesnar's an animal. I mean, the guy carries deers in a backpack when he goes hunting. Don't get me wrong, he's a, he's a, uh, he's in a class by himself. Um, I, I do have to say I, I, I learned to change my diet after his whole diverticulitis issue because I'm the meat and potatoes kind of person. I pretty much can kill anything and eat it. So that's, um, besides that, it's just for me, it was just so, so shocking that Carwin came in and just slugged the shit out of him. To, you know, to close out that round, and, and they didn't end it, and then for him to, to see him get choked out, it's like, Fuck. And then by the most yeah. rudimentary, by the most rudimentary of chokes, not to say that you know nobody could do that choke, but it's like it's fucking Brock Lesnar, you know. It's like you know I club dinosaur for food, you know, and he <laughs> just choked him out. I was like, holy shit! And you know, it's like he, he cho- you know, and it was just you know like, like a snake curling around a deer, and poor Shane Carwood is like, holy shit, did that just happen? Like the look on his face and and the heartbreak in that arena because everybody thought you know that. That the that the evil one was gonna get defeated and it's like nope, not happening. Mm-hmm. So that was that was my upset of the year. You know, I I, I want to say two things here, and I think that we're probably <laughs> you sound like you might be done. Um, but for one, I I just have to say, um, I think that at some point before I die. I I would like to watch what I would hope would be an exciting card with you because it sounds like you do a lot of jumping, screaming, and holy shitting at the TV, and I think that would oh, be yeah. completely hilarious. Yeah, slick, slick, slick can vouch. Slick can vouch for that. Andrea is uh, is just as bad. Um, Andrea is she just really? as bad. Yeah, she gets hype. Like if it's a fight <laughs> that she gets hype for, like when Brock Lesnar was getting punched in the face, she's like, punch that motherfucker in the face. I punch him in the face. You know, and, and, and she gets hype. She gets she gets amped. If it's a card she wants to see, like like I said, slick in the chat. He can attest. I mean, slick is here and. When we watched the Strike Force card, um, you know, and we saw we saw Paul Daly separate poor Scott oh, Smith man. from his consciousness, 
we were all like, oh, shit, shit. <laughs> you know, so, so, you know, and, and, and you know, Lumberjack, Robbie Lawler, uh, you know, we, 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 we get hyped while we watch fights. And, you know, I don't drink or nothing. I just fucking, I get hyped, though. <laughs> Cause, cause well, I will, I will say before... Before Josh can get a word in edgewise, um, I'm not going to make a liar of myself and say that I don't, but um, you just sound incredibly entertaining. But my my question was if, um, if you know, upset of the year kind of was what you were ending on, is if you guys, maybe not as far as what the masses think, like what you think would win in a contest, but like for you guys, what was your favorite card of the year? Hmm. Who wants to go first? Yeah. Uh, you guys are guests, so by all means... Um well, I already got <laughs> my strike force card, <laughs> so that's my answer. Oh yeah, here is the strike force card, right? Mm. Go ahead, uh, I, I guess that would be me then, huh? <laughs> yes, sir. Um, you know what? I'm I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go one sixteen. <laughs> and, and, wow. and, and you'll know why. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that! You better enlighten me. <laughs> Uh, would you like to enlighten him, Josh, or should no, you know I what? Tell... You go for it. You, you go for it. I'll, I'll, I'll try to be enough need, need be. Uh, well, you know, it's funny, and actually, and that's not why I asked that question, but it, and it, no coincidence there. That is also my pick. Now, the funny thing is, I will, I will clarify. Um, Josh and I were actually both at that fight, and we were actually there together. Um, a group of us had gone, and so. Um, that obviously made it a lot better than, than you know, having sat at home and, and yelling at my own TV. But that said, even as the fight was going down, like, I re- the whole card was going down, I recall, like, reading, you know, on Twitter, like, we all had our phones out when we could. You know, it was pretty exciting the whole time. But even at the time, like, people were already starting to say it was only, you know, halfway through the year that that was going to be, like, the card of the year. And as far as, like, fulfilling from beginning to end, like, fight after fight, as far as UFC goes, I still I still think that about this year's cards. So um, aside from that, it was just it was just the most fucking ridiculously, hilariously, amazingly odd and exciting card to have seen it all, but no less to have gotten to have seen in person. And that said, I am a humongous Jane Carwin fan. I don't think there's any question there. Everybody knows that um, Josh wanted me to kill him. Josh was sitting there talking about Brock the entire time, so I'm sure that added to his entertainment um, at that card. But that said, like, the whole card, like, Seth Petrozelli and, like, well, I don't even know, I don't, I don't even remember what the shit he was doing. That was an extremely exciting fight. You know, Gerald Harris knocking out Dave Branch with the slam was was a great fight. You I know, I mean. shit. I lost right. my shit when that happened. <laughs> I know. Dude, so do we. It was amazing. You know, and, like, you know, you got Akiyama and Lieben was on that card, which you would mentioned earlier. That was a great fight. Stefan Bonner and, and Christoph nearly killed each other, and Stefan ended up nice and bloody as par for the course. You know, Boy, Chris Yeah, Chris Lytle. Hey, the whole Brown. part was great. Yep. Sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, it was, like, yeah, it was good. It was a great card, a lot of fun, and, I mean... It didn't hurt that I was going for Lesnar, and pretty much everyone else was going for Carlin. And to see to see the crowd all of a sudden have like they just got hit in the gut was pretty funny. You're such an asshole. You know what though? That was to be honest though, and I think I think maybe you'll agree, and maybe you guys. I'm not sure how it was on the on the televised like the broadcast, and I never have gone back and watched it to be honest. But in person. I have to say that although that the Carwin and um, Lesnar fight was was hyped more, as far as like instantaneous reaction to any finish or any ending or any decision, 
you couldn't have imagined the like collective holy fuck and gasp when Gerald fucking knocked Branch out with that slam. It was there was just no like no explaining it. It was craziness. Well, yeah, I mean, but, you, you don't see a guy, guy go out like that by being slammed. So, yeah, I mean, that was that was crazy. What, what about, about you, Gary? Oh, well, sorry. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, that was a great card. As far as the UFC cards, absolutely the best UFC card. You know, I mean, I've already been on record saying the strike force this last one. I just really enjoyed just from the knockouts. Um, so, you know, that was Honestly, that was my favorite card, but that that was a really good card. But I was one of the ones absolutely devastated that uh, Shane did not win. So, you know, that card was just uh, the main event ruined the whole card for me, I guess. Um, but uh, overall, I, I thought that the uh, Strike Force card still was the most explosive, uh, and also that's because some of the matchups were really just great matchups as well that just happened to be first round knockouts. So, uh, I'll stay with my pick. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I I would say I would say UFC 116 just because of of just the hype behind it and it was it, it was definitely an event that from start to finish I was I was hype so I I would go for UFC I would say 116 uh, for WEC I would say 53 and 48 were favorites of mine and um, for Strikeforce, I, I will say this last event was the event that delivered for me. Usually I watch Strikeforce with with the most of it on fast forward just because the chemistry between uh, between Mauro Ronaldo and Ken Shamrock, I think cancer and chemotherapy have a better fucking chemistry <laughs> than fucking uh. than fucking Ronaldo and, and Shamrock. It's like or or even Mauro and, and Pat Militich, because like Mauro or has Mauro to be like anybody. Yeah, I, I, I like Morrow, you know what I mean? You know, I've communicated with him on Twitter, and he, he actually used to broadcast for Stampede Wrestling in Canada, which, um, you know, it, it was a farm system, and Bret Hart, and, and there's a whole bunch of history there. It's Stu Hart. That's so, a great Stu Hart uh, ran Stampede Wrestling. That's right. That's right. Stu Hart's dungeon was out of that. So, you know, there's a lot of history there, and Morrow, you know, the guy gets a lot of shit, but it's like you have a guy who knows the sport, and then, don't get me wrong, Shamrock is cool, but sometimes he just gets ahead of himself, and then he's like, well, you know my braces, they're, they're making me talk like this, and, and that guy has to go for it. I'm like, fuck you, Frank. Shut the fuck up and call the fight. <laughs> Nobody cares if you can fucking watch the pay-per-view through the lenses of your eyes with your fucking braces. Shut your face. <laughs> let him call, let him, let Morrow call the, the fucking card, and Gus Johnson, forget it. That's the thing with Showtime. It's like, uh-huh. they have uh-huh. great fights but I got to watch them on mute or fast forward. And it, it, it's sad. It's like, it's like, dear strike force. I watch your shit on fast forward or mute. Fix this shit. And you know what they would say? Dear rich. Thank you for watching it all. Yep. They, they'll be like, thank you for watching it all on fucking showtime. You know, it's like, you, you know, I watched, I watched Bellator. I got into K one this year. And, um, the, this was the first year I started watching K one and I can tell you, Michael Schiavello is Jesus. He is, he, is announce, he is my announcer Jesus. Like, I hear this guy fucking call fights, and I'm like, fuck, man. He should call fights with Rogan, not to, not to shit on Mike Goldberg. But I just like genuine excitement. I don't like, you know, canned pundit responses. I like real emotion. That's why, I like, you know, what Amy was saying about watching a fight with me, I like being hyped for a fight. I like 
you know, holy shit, that guy got knocked the fuck out. Like, like that's what you want to hear. Because it just shows that, that, the, that the guys actually give a shit about what they're announcing and they're not doing it for a paycheck. Like, the Strike Force guys, especially uh, Shit Pants Johnson, oh, you know, Gus Johnson's getting a fucking paycheck. And he's like, yeah, those guys are going in there. I don't know if he's going to get up from that. It's like, it's like no shit, Sherlock, he's unconscious. <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with you? So, you know, it's like... <laughs> You know, Strike Force can be so much better. They have so much more talent, but, you know, they're fucking... I think the Spider-Man on Broadway has better fucking production than Strike Force. And, um, you know, they should be ashamed of themselves. They should be ashamed that Bellator, which, you know, is just up and coming, has better production. And they got Showtime money, and their production looks like shit. Every fighter comes out to generic fucking techno music. That's why all the fighters come out with their headphones on because they don't want to hear the, their own music that they come out to. It's, it's like <laughs> you, you got Showtime money, you can't buy like music for these guys. Like, come on, man! Like, why has it got to be you know strip club music, you know daytime well, stripper music? I think so. Like what, what you're kind of saying, and, and I'm not sure you probably know this. If you if you actually like read into it and, and research it, a lot of that is not actually, like, they're getting the shit under the deal, but it's not, like, strike force issues. Like, right down to the music. Um, I, yep. I know recently I'd read something about, you know, that's all Showtime. The Showtime has the production team, the announcing team. They pick and employ the announcers. They pick the music. They pick, I mean, it's not even a strike fight. They, they may have a contract and get sucked, you know, and may not stand up for themselves. But, I, if you, you know, to me, I bitch about strike force just like everybody else does in comparison to other promotions, but... You know, I, I think it's fair, and I'm guilty of not bringing it out when I'm talking about it, too, to blame Showtime just as much. Well, I, I blame Showtime for, for you know, for going in there and wanting to throw their hat into MMA and not fully being behind it. Like, I know that Showtime could give two shits, but, mm. you know, they want to be different. So, they, you know, it's like MTV2. MTV2 getting Bellator isn't to help fucking Bellator. It's because MTV2 sucks giant cock. <laughs> you know, MT who watches MTV2 honestly? I don't watch MTV1. MTV1. Right. Yeah, thank you. So, so, so why the fuck would you give about the bastard child of MTV1 if you don't even watch that? You know what I mean? Like, like that's the thing, and, and, and they're, they're just throwing their hand in there. That's one thing i got to tell, you know, I, I give Dana White credit for. When he was going to do the HBO deal, HBO's like, yeah, we got to do our own this and all that. He's like, no, fuck you guys. Nope, not doing it. And, he was and, right. And now we know why he did it. He was right. Exactly, right. but, but Strike Force, it's like, you're too busy fucking throwing money at Fedor. Why don't you worry about trying to get on a better fucking channel that actually believes in you guys and isn't trying to to to, to suck on the proverbial MMA tit, you know? Because that's what that's what they're doing. That's what Showtime is doing. That's what that's what MTV Two is doing. They don't give a fuck about the sport or the fighters. They give a fuck about the money and and gaining you revenue. Yeah, so? Amy hit it. Go ahead. Did we lose her? I think we lost. But I, I think the uh, uh, profanity drove her away. I think her. I think the, her. I think her awesomeness killed the feed. Um, so, so Amy, please call back. Um, yeah, well, I mean, know, going back with, with what Amy said, I mean, Strikeforce doesn't have anything to do with that, unfortunately. I mean, I actually heard that from them because I wrote yep. about, you know, that. I remember so, that. Yeah, I mean. But, you know, I mean, the, the problem still needs to go back to 
to Strike Force, even though you know it, it's Showtime. I mean, Showtime uses it to, to to promote the boxing. I mean, every time that's what we hear. I mean, their little commercials is is oh, you know, next week is this uh, boxing match. I mean, so yep, show your box as I like to call it. Right, you know, so you know, and, and then don't don't also remember, they Strikeforce didn't put all that money at at Fedor. CBS threw all that money at at, at Fedor. I mean, remember when it done it? Most of that money came out of CBS's um, pocket, and now look where CBS is. They don't even want to put another show on. Yep, that, that is true. It's done. CBS They're not putting on another show. CBS right. doesn't want to. They don't want to do any shows that don't involve Fedor. And 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 Fedor's too. You know, it's too iffy on when he'll fight. You know, he. He picks. You're back on. You know, his, oh, go ahead, Josh. He, he, he picks whatever, you know. So it, it, it's it's just a mess. Go ahead, Amy. You're back. I know you had a you had a great point. So let's let's hear it. Um. Well, first of all, Blog Talk hates me, and they did that to me twice. That happened to me twice last night, also. So um. But anyway, at what point? Like, what what was the last thing you guys could actually hear? Uh, you were saying that Showtime is to blame. And um, you know that that the fault falls on Showtime, and then you got disconnected when you were going to go into a into your point. Yeah, well, what I was getting at eventually was that with Bjorn, I think that he made a good choice because in the end, um, even with MTV too, like when you look at the, go up the media ladder and look at look at parent companies and all that, you know, the money is going to be there. Spike is, you know, I think part of the same media group as, as MTV yep, or they are. Works right is actually where Spike falls under itself. Um, so, you know, the money is going to be there and they may not be having MMA in their best interest, like for, you know, coming forth with, with incredible MMA programming and, 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 you know, support and all that as far as MTV2. But all I know is that I would rather see something consistently and hopefully a decent production value on the bastard child station of, of MTV than trying to fuck around, search, bitch, look, miss, never see live, and potentially never see at all, fights on what is supposed to be a fucking sports network to begin with. That's Damn right. right. Damn right. Well well said. Shit, I can't... I, I tap out to that, because it's true. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, what I, what I said to, to, to Josh was, you know, uh, show, Showtime, I just, when they talk about, sh- you know, show, Showtime boxing, I just call them, show them your box. Because, you know, they're, they're basically they're basically fucking both sports because I'm sorry, HBO does better boxing. Gary may agree or disagree. Um, and Spike TV, it's like if MMA wasn't on Spike TV, I would, you know, I'd be heartbroken just because it's the network for guys. I mean, you know, not to say that, that gender has anything to do with it, but it's like if you tell me, hey, your, your network is for guys, what do you expect to see? People getting punched in the face, bad action movies, and tits. And what's Spike TV? Wrestling, People getting punched in the face and tits. See what I mean? MTV2 is the same way. Then you look at Showtime and it's like you got weeds, some boxing, and oh, yeah, we'll throw some MMA on there maybe Friday at like 1130 when everybody's out. Maybe because we, we care about the fans. Ugh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's my only rant. I just, I, and to be honest, like I, I will also admit that I've said in the past I'm horrible at keeping up with Bellator, and, and some of that has to do with my own schedule. But it just kind of got to the point, like, unless there were super fights that I really wanted to see, 
I, I, I would be the first one to be like, fuck it. You know what? I'm not searching the TV guide. I'm not looking to see what yep. time it rebroadcasts. I'm not changing the channel. I'm not fucking doing any of it. Bjorn's not getting my money or my superior fanship or my fucking support behind every card. I'm just not fucking watching it. I'll read about it later. Matter of fact, I'll see clips on the internet before I see the rebroadcast on the fucking television. Well, that was the problem with Bellator. They were on the worst network ever. Even even when, when I used to be on, on Time Warner Cable, which is stupid here in New York City, um, you know, it, it, it was hard to find their events. When I switched over to, to, to Verizon, I was like, holy shit, I can watch Bellator, and I can watch this, and I can watch that, because they were on, on a network, you know, on FSNY, which it, it's a roll of the dice if, if you're going to get that channel or not. And, I, and I'm sure Gary, you know, being, being over in Jersey can agree. Like, some of those channels, it's hit or miss. It's like fucking Ion. It's like, yeah, you can watch the prelims on Ion. Like, what the fuck is that? They got like three hundred, like five hundred followers on Twitter. It's like it's like my cat, my cat could probably get more followers. Like, what fucking network are you? Yeah, you know, you know and, I, and I felt bad. I have a question for you guys about that, though. Two-prong, actually. For one, do you realize, did any of you actually go back, and I only did this because I had the same reaction, who the fuck are you? And I went back and looked, and apparently if you research them and, like, their actual, like, their subsidiaries and, and, and all that, they're one of the bigger media networks in the entire country, for one, even financially. But for two, do you think that it this may play a little into maybe possibly becoming a UFC channel, network, potential, anything? Um, I, you know what, I'll, I'll take it first. I think that the UFC is in a very unique situation, and, you know, it ties to wrestling as well, where the UFC has uh, enormous, enormous amounts of tape, enormous amounts of fights, that the UFC could pretty much subsist and do their own network. They can create their own original programming. And if this is a step in that direction, that's great. The only problem, the only problem I see with it, with it is that, that to, ju- to jump in right away and go on an untested network is hard, you know. True. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's my concern. It's like yeah, I had read, a- um, you know, interestingly enough, you know, Dana had commented on it, and you know, first off, he said the reason he did the Ion uh, was people were complaining about the um, streaming. Um, and Spike actually, you know, d- was offered these prelims and turned them down, or else they would have been on Spike. You know, he's got a contract with Spike, and the contract itself stipulates that um, if he doesn't do Spike, he can't use any other cable network, and Ion actually right. is a broadcast, uh, you know, just a regular, uh, you know, broadcast network where you could kind of get rabbit ears. So that's the reason why he was able to use Ion, and he and you know he said he did it, and you know Dana, I gotta say, you know I've got my, you know sometimes you know I'll call him out on stuff, but he's he's an honest, you know he's fairly honest, and uh, you know he said his fans were complaining, and uh, you know when Spike didn't televise it, he put it online, so in order to help the fans, he put it on a station where anyone or most people can get, even if they don't have cable, frankly, if they just have the old TVs and a rabbit ear, so. You know, that's why he did it. So I don't see it really as something, uh, you know, they're saying they could have used it as a bargaining chip against Spike, but, you know, they, they you know, from he, he seemed to indicate, no, that's not the, the case, and uh, he had some good reasons, um, alibi or what have you. So uh, I, they might be looking too much into this, actually. 
I know I agree with you actually though. I think that that's what I was going to say is that a lot of people don't realize that these fight these particular prelims would never have been on spike. They were never supposed to be and they were never going to be. So, right. you know. For those of us that do have the channel, for those of you that don't, like that does suck and I could see where you'd be like, god, this sucks. But like I I wouldn't use that as a complaint or a bargaining chip if you will against Dana. I mean, Dana didn't have to do that at all. Like they weren't going to be televised at all. So well, yeah, well, I, I mean, I agree. Go ahead, Josh. Well, I mean, I mean, I, I think as far as the uh, UFC channel, I, I just think that that people are, are probably looking, you know, in too much into that. Um, I mean, they wanted it on Spike, and Spike has something else on, and you know, they weren't willing to, you know, take that off of their time slot. I mean, um, I think I think them adding that a guarantee in a third fight is kind of a rubbing the nose to, to Spike, you know, saying, well, fuck you, we're going to throw in a third fight on this. But, I mean, I don't think it's a bargaining chip. I, I just think it's it's Dana White wanting to put, you know, fights on early. I mean, I really think that them putting these fights on early benefits the UFC more than it benefits the fans. You know, I mean, I think it, it, it grabs people and makes them want to, uh, you know, buy the pay-per-view. You know, the um, the way I, I look at it is that that with uh, with the with the whole Ion situation and, and people bitching to Dana White, um, it's the CEO of an organization that basically doesn't have to give a fuck about what we say. You know, it, it's his company. It, it it's like it's like me walking into the company that makes post-its and being, you know, what I don't like that they're yellow. You know, the, the guy's gonna tell me, well, fuck you, don't buy them. Same thing with the UFC. If you don't like a card, don't order it. If you don't like the fights, don't watch them. So, you know, he, the UFC gives the fans a lot of fan service. And, and for the people, and I've seen it on Twitter, you know, man, you know, the, the dude bros, as I like to call them, you know, dude, this is fucked up, bro, that they don't got it on spot. It's like, fuck you. Watch it online. Who cares? All right. Well, you know, and, and I mean, the UFC, I mean, they, they have a pay-per-view every month. They have they're what they're gonna have eight free shows at least next year. You know, then they're putting all these free shows on Spike, and then they're putting it on Ion. I mean, they're on pay per view now. They're on, they're playing on Ion. They're they're on Spike versus, and then you can see fights online. I mean, people just need to shut the fuck up. It, it, I mean, it, it, what, it, you, you know what? You missed it. Oh well. Well, well, you know what's funny? The Versus Network, to me, should be the home for all combat sports because I used to always think that the Versus Network was just that until I tuned in one day and I saw fucking, like, bull riding. I'm like, uh, this isn't Versus unless it's Man versus Beast. You know, like, like, like that's a perfect network to just put tons of MMA programming. Even HDNet. I, I, I give a lot of respect to HDNet for going out of their way to give us unique MMA programming. You know, you got, you know, fight, Fighting Words with Mike Straka, you got Voice Versus, you got um, Inside the MMA, show you got all the Japanese stuff. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, the weekly MMA uh, week, whatever, you know, always get to mix up with the other show on ESPN, too. But, um, you know, uh, with uh, Kenny Rice and Bass Rutland, that's the best weekly show. Uh, oh, Inside I, MMA. Yeah, inside MMA, um, fucking piece of shit garbage Cablevision doesn't carry uh, HDNet. And the only thing about my move is that I was, unfortunately, where I'm now, there is no Verizon files. 
So, um, and they, I'm not allowed to have a satellite dish, or else I would have got DirecTV or Dish Network. Um, so I'm stuck with this piece of shit cable vision um, that, again, doesn't have HDNet. And um, HDNet, as far as I'm concerned, is the single best network if you're a MMA fan, true MMA fan. You get, I mean, look at even tomorrow night what you're getting. Uh, even, I guess, tonight, whatever, but, uh, you know, from Japan. Uh, you also get the cards from Canada, you know, Tampa. Just the greatest network. I'm devastated. I, I don't know why HDNet doesn't simply offer an online feed and charge 10 bucks a month because I'd do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, they're, they're trying to get, they're trying to get a, a more substantial MMA presence. I, I really am happy that Mark Cuban and, and Dana White put aside their differences because I remember it used to be heartbreaking watching Inside MMA recaps and they couldn't even talk about the UFC because, you know, of, of all the, the, the shit going on. So it's nice now to see UFC fighters on there and, and you know, just uh, uh, Inside MMA is a show that, m much like um, the one on ESPN, their shows that, that really cater to the sport. And it's, it's good to see more networks getting involved. I just feel that a lot of networks are getting involved because, like I said before, you know, they're, they're hugging the nuts of MMA. I mean, I said, I said that about EA Sports with the EA MMA game, you know, and, and, and Josh knows this from, from what I wrote for, for him, that um, I just don't like the people hopping on board. Yeah, I'm glad that the sport gets more exposure, but I just don't like it at the expense of the organizations that aren't getting a fair shake. It's like what we were talking about with, with the Strike Force cards. You know, they're mostly commercials for Showtime Boxing. Hmm. Yeah, well, that's a good point. But uh, HDNet deserves a lot of credit because they they really cater to the hardcore fan. Not to mention K1 as well that they feature. So uh, that's just the the dream station for MMA fans, and uh, I just can't wait to get it back again. Well, agreed. There you go. We have that's it. I think we we've, we've covered everything. I think my I've scrolled down my notes to make sure I didn't miss anything. Um, yeah, we didn't talk about Chuck retiring, but what the fuck can we say? Um, you know, it's like Chuck retired. Yeah, who didn't see that coming? Next. Mm -hmm. Just go, go tell them to read it on your website. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> you, could just, you, could just, you could just read it on, on, on you know, com and my take radio and see the thoughts there. But, um, there you go. To, to, wrap, to wrap it all up, um, first off, thank you guys for, for coming in and, you know, spending almost three hours with me. Um, you can catch MMA Gospel every Wednesday at 8.30 with Gary and Amy. Um, this week, this past week, they had Sean McCorkle, Gabe Rudiger, and Elliot Marshall. Um, they actually went into OT, which I had to scroll past when I um, listened to the show on iTunes. Um, definitely a different side of Sean McCorkle. I was uh, very surprised, so i got to commend you guys for that. Uh, Gabe Rudiger, I liked his rationale when he was talking about his tenure on the ultimate fighter. I wanted to tell you guys that, you know, face to face, I guess, um, you know, definitely showed him in a different light. And, you know, I, I like the dude. He's a, he's a, he's a funny guy. I, I wish I would have gotten in there earlier cause I wanted to ask him about the, uh, the UFC paid, uh, the UFC paid colonic that he got for the weight cut. But, um, you know, I was bummed I couldn't get in there for that. I almost asked him about that actually. Fuck! You should have. 
<laughs> I know, I know. Well, you know, I was I was actually thinking. I, I sometimes am guilty of thinking too far ahead of time. Sometimes, and at that moment, I was like you were just talking about. I was thinking about Sean, and and if he was, I wasn't sure if he was actually going to call in because I hadn't heard back from him. So, kind of got back there. So. Well, with that with that said, you know, you guys do a, a fucking kick-ass job. And again, you can if, if you want to hear them Wednesdays at eight thirty. Um, Josh, of course, has MMA Valor. Uh, one of the most fucking realist takes on MMA, other than my bullshit that I do every week. Um, you know, he, he, he keeps it real. Um, I'm, I'm very happy to have him as a as a content partner. That was one of the big things we did in 2010, and uh, you know, it, it's it's been great so far. So, you know, it's all emotional and sad and shit. But um, on the real, you know, thank you guys. Thank you guys for always, you know, wanting to come on and do the panels, and you know, just just being great friends of the show. Anytime. Damn right, yeah, anytime, man. Say what? I didn't hear you, Amy. Oh, I said for sure, and I said, well, thanks for having us on, man. You know. Yeah, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, you guys, you talk about MMA Wednesday, and then it's like, fuck, I got to talk more about MMA Thursday. So, you know, I, 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 do, I do, I do feel bad in a sense, and I'm like, uh, I'm like, all right, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna fucking go too crazy, but you know, we, we have a lot of fun. So, again, thanks. That's a blast. <laughs> All right, guys. Enjoy enjoy the uh, the dynamite fights. Um, anybody that thinks Todd Duffy is going to win is smoking some crack. <laughs> um, I, he might. He might. I'm not. I never say never. But but Overeem Overeem needs to be in the UFC. Can this happen in 2011, please? Someone, anyone, make that happen. I don't think it'll happen. I'd like to see yeah, it. But Overeem and so Brock Lesnar <laughs> for for Brock no, Lesnar's last not. fight. <laughs> he would kill Brock Lesnar and eat him like horse, but it would be fantastic. He would it, then they'd go and eat a horse together. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Eleven losses. Let's remember that. Yeah, that is true. Well, any plugs you guys want to get out of the way? Um, Amy, Gary, you guys got any got anything else to add? Uh, Amy, uh, do you have any any announcements for who's on next week? Um, oh gosh, I want to say so bad, but I'm still waiting to hear back on the last one. So I I would rather keep it a surprise at okay. the moment. I, we should no. we should know and be able to say soon. It'll be a killer show, though. I can assure you. Good. Uh, I, I am I am glad to hear that. And of course, you know, Josh has MMA. Josh has MMA valor. He he tries not to plug it because he's always not sure how it's going to come out. Um, I know. Frankly, Frank, I know. Like I yeah, hey, wait, can we say, site. though, about especially not only the site, like the site is great, but that for a lot of people that may not catch the right moment on Twitter, may not know it, that there's always a chat room during not only UFC fights, but usually strike force. And I think if we all make it up tonight, he'll probably be there tonight, too. So, like, that's for people that like to interact and do watch from home, definitely always a good time in there. Yeah, I mean, we'll, I'll be in there. I might be in there by myself uh, or, or fall asleep while I'm in there. But, yeah, I mean, every every <laughs> event we're in there. There's, there's there's a good handful of people and we just we have fun, talk the fights and have a good time. There you go. Wow, we got a we got a plug. So check out Josh's chats on MMA Valor during all well the majority of MMA events, especially this evening's Dynamite event. So stop in there and check it out. Go to MMA Valor, click that chat button, and join in the conversation. Yes, sir. 
All right, guys. I will see you guys. I will see you guys. As cliched as it is, I will see you guys next year, May, May 2011. Bring you guys good fortune and uh, more success. Thank you. Thank you. Happy New Year uh, to yourself, to Andrea, to Slick, and uh, everyone uh, in the My Take family. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. I am going to uh, take take much in, to start my 2011 freshly engaged, and we'll see how much more wedding talk I get before I blow my brains out. Okay. Aww. <laughs> Aww. Well, either way, you guys, have a happy new year, but be careful, please, all of you. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah happy new year, everybody. Take care. All right, guys. Thanks again. Uh, Bye-bye. Later. All right, peace. All right, we just wrapped the MMA panel. Like I said, you can catch MMA Gospel every Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on the Blog Talk Radio Network. It's blogtalkradio.com slash Gospel. Uh, Josh's site, like I said, is MMAValor.com. You can go there and check out all the kick-ass articles from him and the rest of his staff there. Also, keep your eyes peeled on MyTakeRadio.com for some of the content that is put on MyTakeRadio's site from MMA Valor as well. If you are up during the Dynamite event this evening, by all means, head over to Josh's chat. And like I said, it's MMAValor.com. Click the chat button and join in on the chat conversation. Um... Just going to run through a couple of things. Um, like I said, it's our final show of 2011. A uh, couple of plugs, of course, MMA Valor, MMA Gospel, of course, and MMA Gospel Radio. Uh, thanks to those guys for supporting the show. Uh, BeatentownGamer.com, uh, GamerWave.com, the crew at VGN Radio, including Don Anderson's Tumbling with Tumbleweed, that you can catch Tuesdays at 10 p.m. Um, the Darksiders crew, uh, Cleveland Sports Radio, which again, you can get information for that on vgnradio.com, Born Stubborn Radio, 411mania.com, OC Remix for all their great um, music that we've used for intros these last 72 episodes, um, MMA Junkie, of course, filmdrunk.com. Um, shout out to um, a buddy of mine, Colin Kane, stand up comedian. He was doing stand up at Comics here in New York City, so definitely wanted to give him a shout out. Um, a great up-and-coming comedian. Look for him on YouTube. Type in Colin Kane, C-O-L-I-N, Kane, K-A-N-E. Dude is fucking hilarious. Uh, if you want a couple of laughs, follow him at, on Twitter. It's at Colin Kane. Fucking hilarious. His, his, his just caustic fucking view on the world is just a refreshing thing to read amongst all the stupid um, inspirational tweets. So check out Colin Kane on YouTube. And also look for Colin Kane on Twitter. Also wanted to throw a shout-out to Amazing Red, of course, um, for guest on the show, friend of the show. He actually was on TNA this week um, in a new storyline. He actually brought in his, you know, his quote-unquote brother who's a new wrestler. So I am hoping to see Red on more TNA Impact broadcasts. And keep an eye out on MyTakeRadio.com. Um, in the near future, we're going to be checking out um, Amazing Red's wrestling school in Brooklyn, and we will be doing some video and an article for that. Maybe I'll take a bump or two in the wrestling ring. We'll see what happens for YouTube and uh, throw that on the My Take Radio channel, um, which is youtube.com slash TV. You can go in there and see some of the videos we've put up from Comic-Con and other events. Of course, we got the My Take Radio app on iTunes. It's $1.99. Forgo a latte for a day. Buy the app. You can have My Take Radio on your phone in your pocket. Um, I'm going to be adding original content. You can get wallpapers and all kinds of stuff with the app. It's $1.99. 
Um, if you are getting the shows off of iTunes, like I said at the beginning of the broadcast, please take five seconds, rate the show, write a little review on it, let people know why they should check us out. Helps us move up the rankings, helps us get more exposure. More exposure means more listeners. More listeners mean uh, the opportunity for cooler shit and cooler giveaways for you guys. So by all means, definitely continue spreading the My Take Radio word amongst the masses. Uh, this weekend I will be doing a Twitter contest for some remaining Splatterhouse t-shirts I got. I'm also doing a little bit of holiday cleanup, so I got some swag that I had gotten from Comic-Con, comic books and stuff. Um, I'm going to be giving those away either via the Facebook fan page or Twitter as well to close out the year and, of course, give back to the fans. Be on the lookout. My Take Radio 3.0 is coming soon. The Android app is coming very, very soon. And, of course, it seems like we're going to have a pretty full guest calendar for January. With that, you've just heard My Take Radio episode 72 for Thursday, December 30th, 2010. Uh, thank you guys all for your support. 2011 will be the year of My Take Radio. You can bank on that. If you've got any questions, concerns, or would like to be a guest, mtrhost at gmail.com. You can email me there or mtrhost at mytakeradio.com. If you're on Twitter, you can follow the show account. It's My Take Radio, or you can follow my personal account if you want to hear some of my ramblings. It's Akuma25. If you're on Tumblr, we're starting to do more stuff on Tumblr as well. It's My Take Radio Extras, xtras.tumblr.com for that. If you're still in the MySpace wasteland, it's myspace.com slash mytakeradio, and of course, our Facebook fan page. And Formspring, um, formspring.me, I believe it's slash mytakeradio, if you want to pick my brain and ask a couple of questions. Yeah, we are everywhere. Again, episode 72 is in the books. Thank you guys. Have a happy and safe new year. Don't get too fucked up. And I will see you guys next week. Peace. Taking us out this week is going to be Go Back from Streets of Rage 2. The artist is Gecko Yamori, and you can download that at ocremix.org. The letter O, the letter C, remix.org. Later.